Blank check with Griffin and David. Blank check with Griffin and David. Don't know what to say or to expect. All you need to know is that the name of the show is Blank Check. Oh, what up, cast? What a lovely podcast. Yeah, great. Did I fuck up the mic? No, okay. Whew. It is a lovely podcast. Though. Yeah. <laughs> it's a lovely podcast. Despite my immediate fear that I had ruined the entire episode, it is a lovely podcast. Lovely is the word I would use to describe this it. This is going to be a lovely cast. It's yeah. raining outside and I'm sick. Yeah. Um, okay, wait. I went to Chinatown. I got a pork bun. Ooh, cozy. Wait, what are you doing this to me? I'm sick. You don't want a bun? I couldn't go. A little bun. I ate a lizard to get ready for this episode. You ate a two-headed lizard? Yeah, I ate Mm -hmm. two pounds of sand. Was that like a bad idea? I drank some water. (laughs) Aquacola? I mean, sorry, sorry, sorry. Aquacola TM. Uh, Hello, everybody. This is Blank Check with Griffin and David. I'm Griffin. Hi, David. And this is a podcast about filmographies. Directors who have massive success early on in their career and are given a series of blank checks to make whatever crazy passion projects they want. And sometimes those checks clear, and sometimes they bounce. Baby, and this is one of the biggest clears. It's a big of all time. Yeah, at least culturally, you know, in terms of perception, like Avatar is a humongous clear in terms of like return on investment versus doubts against it. Yes, I mean this made less money than Avatar, but this is creatively one of the greatest clears uh, in history. Well, yes, and also expectations Mm -hmm. would have been so low. Well, it just felt like and we've been like, through this a bunch of times. We always get hyped up. The thing is going to disappoint. And then it comes out. It does really well, and everyone loves it. And it's it's sort of like, oh, great. Had you guys been movie. tracking the long development yes. road of of Mad Max? The furious or, development the road? Furious the furious development road. Yeah. To make Honestly, it. Yeah. I don't think so. Because it's I, been going on for so long, I, I, I feel I, like I it wasn't. I think I was vaguely aware of that, yeah. that, right, that he had always been trying to yeah. make a fourth one. And then it would be announced like, Mel's not going to be in it. And yeah. you'd be like, yeah, well, obviously Mel's not going to be, you know, like, right. but it always sounded stupid. And then I remember that trailer posted. Yeah. The first one. Which was at Comic-Con the year before it came out. And I was like, well, this looks great, but it's a trailer. You yeah. Know. yeah. Uh, good trailer, though. Good trailer. Yeah. Um, and then I got, and I think there were just more trailers and it sort of became like, well, okay, this is, I think this is going to well, r- rule. I'm going to do yeah, a rough okay. timeline of the development thing. Because I weirdly was not even that big of a Mad Max fan. Mm. At that point, I became a fan later into the development cycle. But I remember tracking it because it felt like another curio story like the Terry Gilliam Don Quixote where it was like, oh, this uh, is yeah. some cursed movie that's never going to happen. Yeah. Be sure. Right. Which also yeah, made it feel like if it happens, it will either be a disaster or And it never just came be... out. We never, he never got to make it. Isn't that the weirdest it's thing so in the world? It's so weird that he made it and people were like, eh. Yeah, yeah. People like, oh, I was there. I was you there. there. You were there for, for the first audience. The, screen, the first screening of it. It we're was like, the most anticlimactic thing that I've ever. And people were just kind of like. Hmm. They were just like, okay, I guess. Well, that, that's out of our system. It's like Chinese democracy or something. That's 100%. Like, that's so true. It's usually a Chinese democracy right. situation. Yeah. You wait that long. And then everyone's like, oh, no, we're okay. definitely no longer that interested in this. Yeah. Like, you know, I mean, Buckethead, though. Buckethead, though. <laughs> well, he rips on that album. <laughs> but it is so bizarre. Like, rewatching this, I just kept on thinking about Man Who Killed Don Quixote, where it's like the fact that that movie already doesn't exist, mm-hmm. when it just it felt like it either needed to be a masterpiece or a disaster. Peace. Yes. 
um, is so bizarre. And then there was that thing where after it played at con, then like the release got canceled and Amazon dropped it. And it yeah. was like, okay, well, this is fulfilling the legacy. Yeah. Now the movie is not going to be seen ever yeah. again. The thing is that it's not even that bad. Right. It's just nothing. And now it's just like right. quietly on iTunes. Yeah. It, it's not bad. I gave it an okay review. Yeah, it's sort it, of an interesting movie. There's stuff to grapple with. It's but way too long. When you like, know the context of your, then that's when right. you're truly underwhelmed by it. But if right. it was, if it came out sans context, you'd be like, this is weird this is and vaguely Gillian's European. This is best film in years, yeah. I guess by <laughs> default. Like, yeah, yeah, I mean, yeah, yeah. You know, like, it's probably like, Anyway, introduce our guest, please, before you delve into Well, this is a mini-series on the films of George Miller. <laughs> yes, that's right. We've gotten to the final film, which is also the namesake of this mini-series. That's right. That's right. It's Mad, Mad Pod Fury cast. Is Wait, the mini-series. What? Yeah, well, it's great. Well, you don't like course. that? Oh, you think that's, they think that's great. Emily's, oh, she's making a sign to cheer oh, us on for oh. our miniseries title. She's taking out a big foam <laughs> finger, and it says, number one miniseries title ever? No, Emily, no Vuvuzelas in the studio. Put it away. She's holding the Vuvuzel up to her mouth, and then she's pouring White Claw into it. And then she's blowing, and she's spraying White Claw all over the studio. <sighs> our guest today. Sorry for the mess, everyone. Our guest today, fresh off the Fury Road, an expat. <laughs> our mother. Mama. Writer of the upcoming FX series Shogun. A writer. A writer. <laughs> The only writer. no, I am a the writer. only writer. Uh, uh, it's it's Mama herself, Hollywood Emily Yoshida. Hello, my war boys. Oh. <laughs> Do not grow addicted to water. Uh. I just want to say that all the time. Yeah, he's a really cool guy. I think he's yeah. great. <laughs> he's a cool guy. I don't love what he's done with the Department of Justice, but I do think he's got a lot of the right. Here's ideas. my thing: Do I agree with all of his policies? <laughs> no, but the economy is booming, and, and he he's, electable. Yes. he's electable. He's <laughs> electable. We can't. I'll think ourselves on this. People one. just like someone who's unpretentious and speaks directly to you. you know? He says what nobody else, like everybody is thinking, you but could, nobody wants to say. You could have a glass of agua cola with this guy. <laughs> and he's a man. Agua-cola. He's a man of deep faith. Sure. He's a family man. Right. A big family man. Big family. Big man. time family man. He cares about traditional family values in the way that I do. Yeah. Now is he perfect? No, but does show he lock me one women man in a vault? We all yeah. Occasionally. But, you know, he's also empowering them. He is. Um, yes, he, that's true. Giving them general. a job. <laughs> and, and here's another thing. How, how is he supposed to be a warlord with all this criticism? They're not even giving him a chance. Yeah. Do you know what I'm saying? All these bad faith arguments? I know. It was a perfect, um, I don't know. What, <laughs> what, what is a phone call in the Fury Road universe? <laughs> <laughs> it was a perfect firework, lo- yeah, like flare. Uh, loudspeaker address. A perfect primal scream. <laughs> Um, this movie shouldn't exist we have said it on uh, at least one other episode in this miniseries but this film weirdly is like the genesis of this podcast Mm -hmm. because we had been doing Star Wars for a year we were trying to figure out what the show should be after Star Wars ends that's right and we go see this and I show up and I'm covered in hives as you you love to remember you were covered in hives and I'm freaking out that whole first screening kind of felt like a fever dream to me which is sort of appropriate for this movie Um, and I said I think I know what the premise of the podcast is it's the blank check thing we're extrapolating that from the George Lucas thing and that was before the movie started yes Yes, and then the movie ended you saw the perfect test patient great example and for five years we've been building up to this episode one could say in a a way and now I'm sick 
Are, uh, any hives? Oh, the though? hives. No hives, but rewatching the movie, it felt like that first time watching it, where I remembered like when we walked out and you were like, that's amazing. And I was like, yeah, that's really good. And I felt <laughs> like I was less blown away by it than everyone else. And then when I saw it two days later and I didn't have hives, mm-hmm. I was like, oh, fucking masterpiece. Movie to end all movies. It is a tough movie to watch when your brain already feels like uh, it's on fire. Oh, yeah. Yeah. It is so overwhelming that if your body is in any way compromised <laughs> and you feel uncomfortable, That's it's fair. kind of an attack on the senses. Right. Yeah. Um, but still a masterpiece. It does really challenge you, like, to have your cognitive ability. Like, you wouldn't want to watch this movie drunk, I don't no. feel like. Like, even even though it is, like, crazy and yeah. feels like a like a midnight movie in a lot of regards, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I, don't, I wouldn't want to watch it impaired in any way mm-hmm. no. because it— Moves it's doing that so f- you want to appreciate every single moment of it, every frame of it. I don't know, and it'll buzz you up just fine. Yeah. Oh, yeah, you yeah, know, you, know, you will feel like, like you are on the finest speed, exactly. Um, and it takes your full attention and your full focus. Mm-hmm. So, if there's anything distracting you, like yeah. inebriation yeah. or a physical ailment, it's a it becomes a battle, yeah. Um, did you see this film at that first New York screen, or did you see it at Khan? I did not see it at Cannes. Um, I was at that Cannes, but I did not see it there. Okay. Uh, I I was trying I was, to figure we this were out. Talking about this when we were I watching. couldn't remember because I don't think I think I just saw it in theater. I think I just saw it when yeah. I was out because I I didn't I wasn't going to press screenings really regularly at that time. So twenty fifteen. Um, yeah. Right? Yeah. A simpler time. Uh, yeah. Sure. I guess. Yeah. yeah. Why not? Yeah. Simpler. I I remember that press screening was in three D. Oh, which no, was, it wasn't. I, I am all but certain because the second time I saw it, I saw it in 2D and I advised people because I was like, the 3D is a little overwhelming. Maybe it was I am 3D. all but I certain. I don't remember that. Because that obviously. is one of the only times in the last five years that I feel like a studio has screened a movie in they 3D used for to Christmas. Yeah. They used to they do used it all to do the time. It, uh, as a matter of course. But that's about the cutoff point where it stops yeah, happening. That was where it started to stop. Oh, I, I feel like they were doing really? it all the way until I left New York. I feel like I would get... The last movie a, a theater made me see in 3D that wasn't like Alita Battle Angel yeah. or something that was actually. Oh, yeah, like, I definitely well, saw Alita that, Battle that, Angel. Of course, in 3D. we had to see in 3D. And <laughs> no, course. I'm not joking. Like, that yeah. was shot for 3D. That another, was a 3D another movie. Junkie XL soundtrack. Yes, yeah. Yeah. 100%. Tommy. But like the Marvel it. movies weren't being <laughs> the screened. The last in 3D. Marvel movie they showed me in 3D was Doctor Strange. And yeah. again, I think they were kind of like, well, this one's, you know, it's all loose. That's fairly recent, yeah. though. That was last year. 2016, my friend. Doctor Strange. Oh, sorry, Doctor Strange. I thought you said Doctor Sleep. Sleep. I wish Doctor Sleep was in 3D. Yeah, why not? I wish the 8D. I wish the brim of that hat were peering out into the audience. God, God. it'd be so good if Rebecca Ferguson just ate you in that movie. She just came out of the screen and actually munched on your soul. (sighs) We obviously have too much to talk about with Fury Road, but Emily, what do you think of Doctor Sleep? I didn't see Doctor Sleep. There's no way Emily saw Doctor Sleep. What are you talking about? (laughs) She was no longer professionally obligated to see films when that came out. So good. Was that in the fall? I like it a lot. Did that come out yeah, in the fall? Was what, yeah. like I didn't even October. realize until you guys were talking about it on some podcast that Ewan McGregor was in it. Yeah. He is in it. Like, guess what? He's good. Yeah, he's pretty good. Well, great. Good for him. He's still my first love and probably my last love. It's, uh, <laughs> it's <a> bit, <laughs> it began circle. and ended yeah. with Ewan. It did. He's oh, the only there. person whose picture I've ever put in a locker. Really? really? Picture of him in what? Like, what was was it? Just Ewan, or was he in a movie? Was it like, it was a like from ad? a Vanity Fair fo- like profile or something? Okay. Um, very like a. I remember he was wearing like a like a pea coat, so the collar. It was like a close picture, but he looked really really hot. And I put and I, I took the Vanity Fair from the public library, slammed it down wow. on the Xerox, <laughs> put that Xerox in my locker. Xerox, black and white, full yes. color, black and white. Black and white. 
White Xerox of you and McGregor. He's had so many good hairstyles over the I years. Oh, yeah. Like, cut it all off, looks fine. Like, yeah. get it all tufty, looks fine. Had one rat tail, mm-hmm. looks fine. Oh, sure. my God. Made it work. So you, it. so you had a black and chrome edition photo. <laughs> it was shiny and chrome. I, I tried to watch that for the rewatch. I mean, we'll get we'll get around to all this. Um, I want I want to talk the development cycle of this just speed round it. Okay, Mad Max Fury Road. So like 1997, I think roughly George Miller says last thing on my mind. You know, he's like uh, in Babe World and he's on a flight. I think it's in Australia to US. I have flight. to immediately correct you. Okay. I'm so sorry, <laughs> George Miller. Bought the rights back to from for Mad Max okay. in 1995. Yes. Mm-hmm. yes, so he definitely, even if he was not like, you know, interested, in, he definitely was like, maybe I'll want to do hills. this someday. Sure, he clawed the rights back. A lot of that seemed to be control of home video to prevent anyone else from making it. Sure, I yeah. found a quote from him that said, "At the time I came up with this idea, doing another Mad Max was the last thing on my mind," and that was after he had bought back the rights. But he claims he has a fever dream. On, uh, why am I getting a phone call now? He has a fever dream on like a, a Australia to US flight, and the whole movie just comes to him. He like sees it, which I feel like I have fever dreams all the time, and then go like, oh my God, I have to remember this. this is such a good movie. And then I wake up and I'm like, that's the worst thought that anyone's ever had. <laughs> but he had the basic tenant of this thing. Sure. And he starts sort of clawing at it and working at it. He goes, he sets it up at Fox because okay. he has the rights back, even though Warner Brothers had released the last two Mad Maxes. Yep. At the time, everyone's presumption was it's going to be Mel. Yeah, it was going to be Mel. It's Mel still hot. Right. What women want had just come out. I'm not joking. <laughs> well, so yeah. Also, Mel was what women want. It, 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 it proven, proven in the box office. Proven. In 2000, 2001, they're pretty actively in like, you know, if not pre-production, active development, pre-pre-production. Sure. Uh, 9-11 happens. Yes, that uh, is true. 9-11 happens. Turns the economy upside down. It, it destroyed the Australian dollar. Yes. And and so and guess what he had to do? He had to do it. Do you know what he had to do? He had to make some happy feet. He had to turn to happy feet. Yeah. It's just so funny to think that he was like, I can't do Mad Max. I guess I'll break out those penguins <laughs> yeah. to dance. He's like, I had this on the back burner. <laughs> He's like watching the, the, the news in real time, like on 9-11. He's like, he just, I like, have to. He crosses out yeah. a picture of Mel. He like takes down a picture of poster <laughs> Mel because it puts up a penguin. <laughs> he takes out giant penguin feet slippers. This is what the world on. needs. Start mo-capping Savian Glover. Yeah. <laughs> I'm going to need that tap dancing. But a couple years later, he's like right at the threshold, like 2003. He's like, I think we're ready to go. Yes. And then the Iraq war happens. He got a green light. Yes. <laughs> Happy Feet 2. Film in the, <laughs> I mean, uh, he, uh, because of, right, um, first there was uh, rain, which that seems like a tougher problem to deal with. But then also the Iraq war. Right. Uh, oh, yeah, the tightened. rain, didn't it make flowers bloom where they were planning right. They were like, we're going to shoot in this wasteland, <laughs> and it, like, turned into an oasis. The green place, it literally turned into the green place. There, there are, like, I believe three different times that happened, where they were prepping to shoot, had a location, and then they suddenly had unexpected rainfall. It became for the first too time beautiful. Truly. But I yeah. think, like, the locations changed and the years changed, yeah. and three times right. that happened. But they got fucked had... up by weather. Twice they got fucked up by... By terrorism. Sure. But he had a script co-written with Brendan McCarthy, who is some comic book writer who like wrote shit like this that just looks like 
Ben Hosley cool. issue one. <laughs> and you know I, think, what I, mean? I think did like Rogan Gosh is the name of this. I think he did two thousand AD stuff too. Yes, he's he like, like in like that sort of metal Peter Milligan, yeah. British nineties, you know, girl yeah. adjacent. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. Um, did a lot of two thousand AD. And he I co-writes guess it with him. And another guy comes in later, a Nico Lathoris, who is an actor Lathoris. in the first Mad Max. Right. So yeah. I don't know. He played Grease Rat in Mad Max one. So, but also by all accounts. This film never had a proper script. It was pretty much storyboarded. I think it's first. more right. They were yeah. building the yeah. designs of the yeah. cars and all that shit. Like that's what it was. And then at some point they did like sort of a transcript of the storyboard so that people could do their jobs. Right. <laughs> but um, at, at most stages of this film, it didn't sound like they had like a hard script. Um, so all whether Mel Gibson controversies, Gibson right, economy turnarounds. At one point, he wanted to hire Heath Ledger. Yes. That didn't work out. So around 2007, 2008, you're like, Heath Ledger's gone. Right. Mel's been canceled. Mm-hmm. The, the the gods, uh, Mother Nature keeps on spiting me. Mm-hmm. The this economy is the won't the Fury Road. It. You're narrating the Fury Road so of the last 20 years. All the major uh, tragedies. Happy 9-11 feet. and Mel Gibson. Well, and then Happy Feet. <laughs> and uh, Happy Feet, yes. of course. No, but course. the major the tragedies. Feet. Heath, Mel, 9-11. Um... And uh, Happy Feet comes out and is a huge hit, and he wins the Oscar, and he's like, fuck it, I'm just doing it animated. Right. And he announces, I'm doing R-rated CGI Would've manga been style. Would have been amazing. Would have been amazing. And he's like, that's my way around it, yeah. because I don't want old Mel, and Mel comes with his own baggage now, yes. yeah. and young actors seem terrified at the prospect of taking over the role, and I don't know who to do it, and the weather keeps on fucking me over, my vision's too big, I'm going to do it animated. Um, and then he he sort of just goes like it doesn't feel right. I guess so. But then in two thousand and nine, yeah. So six years before this movie came out, mm-hmm. they start their location scouting. Yeah. In two thousand and ten, they hire Thomas Hardy. Yeah. And Charlie's Theron to make two movies, which right at first announced Fury as Road and Furiosa. Furiosa. It was going to be a back to back thing. But Hardy's essentially getting hired off of Bronson. Yeah. yeah, and and like probably like some you know Inception. He's bus, starting to yeah. get other parts, yeah. but in terms of what's like actually hit, Bronson mm-hmm. is like the one. And I remember pre Bane, yeah, pre Bane. Yeah. And they said uh, it was down to like Renner and Hardy, mm. and Renner seemed like the obvious choice because he was so fully the studio franchise guy at that moment. Mm-hmm. And Hardy was, like, the cool ascending guy. But do you think, you know, maybe, like, Nolan is flipping him some Inception Probably. footage. Look at this guy. Right. Warner Brothers is is so beholden to Nolan and his taste and all of that. Um, I mean, I 2009, mm-hmm. uh, uh, I film a, a little movie, Hold for Applause, called Beware the Gonzo. You got to beware the Gonzo. Um, you got to watch out for horny Rob Becker. With Zoe Kravitz. I'm holding up my foam finger again. Yes. <laughs> yeah, it says horny Rob is my one <laughs> Horny um, for Horny Rob. Horny for Horny Rob. Uh, Zoe Kravitz is in that film. Zoe yes. Kravitz is in that movie. And while we were filming, she kept on telling me that she was auditioning for Mad Max, Mad Max 4. Mm-hmm. Um, that she was like going through the rounds with it. And I was like, that's never going to happen, right? And she was like, I don't know. He's very convinced it's going to shoot the next year. Can you tell me her character's name in Beware the Gonzo? <sighs> oh, in Beware oh. the Gonzo? Evie. Yeah. There you go. Can you tell me the character's name in Mad Max? I think her name is Easy Evie. I thought she was in Toast. Where the Guns. Yeah, are. in um, yeah, she yeah. is. She is Toast the Knowing, of course. Toast the Knowing. Yeah. She's the she's the sort of you know the gadgety like, one. Exactly. Don't don't fucking test my beware the Gonzo knowledge. Okay. 
Wait, now I want to test your beware the Gonzo knowledge. Eddie Gonzo Gelman? Sure. That one's easy. Everyone knows him. You got to beware him. him. Yeah, you must. But but yeah, she was like the script. There's no script. He just like you sit in a room and he explains stuff to you. He says it's going to film next year. They don't know who's playing Mad Max. Right. But it was like it does it's, sound like pie in the sky. He's mm-hmm. making it seem like it's like on the runway. Uh, a year later, they cast Hardy, and it's like okay, I guess we're ready to go. And the movie still doesn't film for another year after that, right? Does it film in twelve or eleven? Well. If I can, uh, I, I want to correct myself. Okay. The heavy rains causing the wildflowers to bloom, that happened in 2011. Uh-huh. Mm. So there were many rain problems, but mm-hmm. the wildflowers sure. rains, that was 2011. Okay. So they had to. There was an earlier one in the early 2000s. Okay. Yeah, yeah, it happened yeah. a couple times. Oh, yeah. Rain yeah. happened a yes. couple times. Um, but principal photography did finally begin in 2012 in Namibia. Yeah. Uh, they also shot in Australia, obviously. Mm-hmm. Filming supposedly lasted for 120 days, mm-hmm. uh, and it did. Then it did a lot of reshoots in 2013. Okay, but even still, it takes two years after that for the movie to come out. Correct. That does come off though, and I mean this as a huge compliment as a two-year editing job. A hundred, yeah, percent, <laughs> right, a hundred percent, and yeah. and a husband and wife working together for two yes. years. Yeah, like it feels like a movie that and could... pausing for meals of and course. taking care of themselves. There, there were 150 stunt performers, most of them Cirque du Soleil type folks mm-hmm. totally. or Olympic athletes. Uh, Eve Ensler was on set. Yes, <laughs> advising Famously. on feminism, but also uh, advising on like uh, uh, female victims of uh, violence, violence yes. and on sex trafficking. Yes, I mean he took all the themes of the movie very seriously. It's filled with practical effects and mm-hmm. stunt work and all that stuff. It still has tons of visual effects. Yeah. And they're working on the colors and they're fucking with the frame rates and all that stuff. They claim that zero injuries happen, which is uh, they should have gotten a Nobel Peace Prize yeah. for filming this movie without any stunt injuries or crew injuries. But wasn't it like not fun to shoot, though? Like, I don't wasn't think it was it very pleasant? A nightmare. Yeah. Everyone who worked on this said it was going to be a disaster. Uh huh. But nobody got hurt. Nobody got hurt. Okay. I, it's more probably just that they were like, in the and uh, drive the cars. And they would drive the cars yeah. and like everyone would just run around and <sighs> then they would be like, great, great. And everyone's like, what the fuck is this thing? As like, much as this movie is like, it feels like a two-year editing job, it's also a movie where by all accounts he was just sort of going like, and this piece is just you do this thing and I move the camera this way. And yeah. people would be like, what is going on? Yeah. Well, explain this to me. And he'd be like, I can't. Yeah. And he apparently like was like <laughs> – Theron and Hardy weren't getting along. Hardy and Miller weren't getting along. Theron and Miller weren't getting along. Like, no one was getting along. Everyone was losing their minds. And he has said in retrospect, like, the actors have said, we didn't trust him enough. It was clear he knew what he was doing, and we couldn't see it. And he has said, I actually take that hit. I don't think I explained myself well enough at any given moment. I mean, I would love to know what that script looked like if they just, like, transcribed it from storyboards. Like, what... What were they reading to get a sense of what they were doing? Right. When when Zoe Kravitz was auditioning, she told me that it was literally just her looking at a book of storyboards. I mean, that would be fine by me, like, honestly. See, you're seeing the movie, right? It's, especially, I mean, it's not like she has a ton of lines, but if you know what you're going to, like, what part you're going to play visually in it, like, I don't know. It it's, also is a thing where sometimes the hardest things to do as an actor are, like, two-second insert shots. Where they're like, we just need a close-up of your hand grabbing mm-hmm. sure. this cup of coffee. Right. And because you're putting so much thought and energy just into the grabbing of the coffee cup, 
the camera's just on that. Mm-hmm. It's isolated away from any behavior in the rest of the scene. It becomes so unnatural and mm-hmm. it looks really weird and it's hard to do in a way that doesn't make you self-conscious. Um, I think that's a factor. And another thing is a lot of this movie, if you look at the behind the scenes footage, is like the cars are completely stationary in the middle of a desert and he's filming them at a low angle and is just saying like, act like ev- like flames are going off around you. <laughs> and I think you just feel like a moron <laughs> if you're doing like right. a two second insert shot where it's just like shift gears yeah. in a stationary car. I think everyone was just like, I. there's no way this is going to look cool. Yeah. There's no way this is going to make sense. And also, yeah. like, no offense to George Miller, who's great, um, but, like, he he's like, ah, and then, like, recently in my life, like, if yeah. you're Zoe Kravitz, like, you have made Babe Pig in the City and Two right. Happy Feet. Right, right. Like, I get that Mad Max 2 is great. Like, yeah. you know, I get that you once made action movies but like you don't like That's, you yeah. are not up to date like you don't know what these are like now and and how much of this I don't know if Zoe Kravitz was saying that to be clear I, I don't either I more mean just like a younger sure. person yeah. uh, Riley Keough was saying that <laughs> it does it, I feel like so much of this podcast has come back to this thing of like you can't go home again like when massively successful directors try to go back to their early films mm-hmm. it almost never works right. whether it's directly continuing an old franchise or just the sensibility or trying to get back to the filmmaking style yeah. there are people like Shyamalan who can go like i'm going to strip myself of all the like uh excess and force myself yeah, to become yeah, yeah. a new right. type of filmmaker but it's very rare that someone goes back to being like, I'm just going to make a simple, uncomplicated movie or a guerrilla style movie or a small movie or whatever it is. But with him, it's like the only thing he's going back to is the property. Like, I yeah. feel like he had a completely new idea of how he wanted an action film to look. Like, it wasn't any kind of regression. I don't think there's much nostalgia in this, no. even for original Mad Max, like other than knowing like, oh, it's a Australian wasteland. Like, there's not a whole lot. I don't think visually or stylistically it has anything to do with those movies, which I love. Like, I, I, I think it's a big distinction. Yeah. But, but, you know, like rewatching Road Warrior so recently for this, we were sort of struck by how much like Road Warrior and Mad Max feel like Evil Dead and Evil Dead 2. Right. And then Road Warrior and this feel like Evil Dead and Evil Dead 2 to a certain extent Mm -hmm. with a movie in between where he's like, now I can do the full crazy version. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, But it does feel right. You're right. It's it's so much an evolution that it avoids being a regression. And like luckily for him, like having gotten back the rights for it. He does, like, it's a pretty malleable property. I mean, like, it doesn't really have that many rules. So if you own that IP and then can, you know, but you have new ideas. Like, it's kind of best of both worlds because it's like you have an IP, but you're also like, I have a zillion other things I want to do, though, besides, like, revisit what I've already done. It is just incredible that, like, you have this franchise, these three beloved movies that capture the launch of, a massive, massive movie star. Yeah. Who, even though he is uh, no longer beloved, mm-hmm. it's yeah. like one At of those roles where you're like, how does someone else take that over? That's mm-hmm. like impossible. And that you have this like incredibly like powerful up and coming actor take on the role and make it his own. Sure. And you talk it, about Venom. Yes. Okay. I just right. won the check. This is a Venom right. He takes over for Topher Grace, the disgraced Topher Grace. <laughs> And makes it his own. <laughs> no, but it's it's fascinating how much this movie is just like, doesn't matter where this is in the timeline. Doesn't matter how this connects to what Mel Gibson did or didn't. 
Mad Max right. is now just kind of like he's he's an archetypal figure. Right. This is not worried about ex- yeah. explaining how it connects. This to is a continuum. Mad this is a series about just sort of this type of figure in this type of yeah. world. I mean, it was such an egoless performance. I don't think he even was mic'd for it. So. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, just this to is answer a real your... potters and murmurs. Oh, oh, <laughs> this is a potter. We gave him the best of the decade. <laughs> to answer your question, Emily, Margaret Sixel had 470 hours of footage to edit, which took her three months to watch before Jesus she was Christ. even ready to edit it. Oh my God. Jesus. Right. But don't you think if your editor is anyone other than the person you're married to, they quit when they get that hard drive? Yeah, I don't know. Like, how are you paid for that? Like, are you are you just like in love and support from your Aqua Cola? (laughs) Do not become addicted to money. (laughs) Um, I don't. I don't know. I mean, usually you'd think with these movies, it's more like where you have the four editor block. You know, like you know, it's just sort of like yeah. Of course, they needed multiple editors. People had to go off and do other things. Yeah, you have a lot of you have a lot of assistance. (sighs) Ah, Mad Max Fury Road. The plot, <laughs> I don't know. The plot of the film is that they there's go, this guy called They go called fast, Max. and yeah. then they go fast the other way. I feel like, I have to say that Ben feels like a little muted during this um, this episode. Like, he doesn't feel like his full yeah, enthusiasm he, is on display here. And I mean, but well, it, to, be guys, fair, though, to be fair, though, yeah. it dry. Oh, <laughs> my God. It is a dry movie. The thing about that, Emily, is actually it recently was uh, officially announced yeah. that I'm pivoting in 2020 to sort of more of a dry kind of He's situation. Oh, wow. This is, this is really great for you, though. Yeah, yeah. So this is just dry as a bone, and I'm loving it. Which that's the other thing Ben's really into now is bones. Oh, I've always been bones. into bones, but I'm, like, well, yeah. really getting yeah. into them. 20, 2020, it feels like the three things you've really put up on the vision board are a, a dryness. Yes. Uh, bones. Yes. Which there's obviously a lot of overlap there. Poof. Um, and and chains. Uh-huh. Oh, yeah. chains. This movie chains, covers right? all three. Yeah. 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 I have a whole note about oh, all great. the chain okay. work in this movie. Oh, of course yeah, he does. Yeah. See, maybe he's being a little muted because he's in finest film critic mold. He, he has his laptop in front of him. Maybe he has prepared copious notes. I've got a good amount of notes. Also, I just I'm letting you guys do the whole like you know background. Yeah, we're doing the content leading up to the movie stuff. I don't know about that stuff. So you're you're saying you're not toast the knowing about that no, stuff, no. right? No, but I. But do he is know capable. Yeah. He is capable, <laughs> and he is he is splendid. Let's yeah. be honest. Thank you so much. <laughs> How rare is it though in 2020 year of our Lord, a franchise movie, a fourth film in a franchise, even if it is one that isn't like uh, that isn't super uh, plot driven, where you can just start out the film. With uh, a narration that vague. I would love somebody to make an opening crawl for Max that's just the opening monologue. <laughs> like, <laughs> Mad Max Fury Road. That's My just, name is Max. Right. Oh, My the world Star is Wars by- crawl? Yes, yes, that's what I mean. Yes. For that monologue. <laughs> like, all right, but, but the fact that that movie, this movie, can start off with that, and that's right. all you need to know. You don't need to have seen any previous Mad Max right. movies. It doesn't matter. Yes, hundred well, percent. Yeah, I, I sort mean, of that's part of why the magic of this movie. Right. Well, that's yeah, why yeah. it doesn't. It's only Mad Max in name, like it right. because and vague theme. Well, yeah, yeah, the vague theme. The theme is gasoline and dryness and cars. Mm. Like, but and, other than and dead family. I sure, sure but vaguely. like, but like, yeah, what movie yeah. doesn't have that now? Like, that feels like I think that that's one of the most kind of the weakest links of it is like seeing flashbacks of a little girl like being like, "Why didn't you save me?" Like that just feels very like video game esque. Oh yeah, like, 
like dumb narrative shit. Like, which is whatever. But it gets through it so fast you don't care. There's like so it just metabolizes it. Right. Yeah. yeah. I, I, I think about this all the time, especially like in comparison to something like yes, I will say this these two words on this podcast, uh moral mortal engines. Yeah. Where there's I think that like there is as as dense of uh, an, an imaginative of a world being built here. Mm-hmm. I just think that like this actually has the confidence to just be like, "Yep, here we are." And I do think I do think that Mortal Engines also does a pretty quick like there are big cities on wheels, and there you go, uh, and yes. and here we go. Uh, but I think that like there's just it's there's so little. That it's almost like a neg from the movie at the beginning where you're like, <laughs> give me more, like, instead of being exhausted by it, which is, yeah. Confidence is the key word with this movie yes. because it just narratively, like, barrels forward so fast. It it makes it very clear which things are absolutely crucial, important to understand going forward. Yeah. But a lot of it is just like, if you want to dig into this, you can. If not, trust that I have it figured out in my head. Mm-hmm. I'll use shorthand. Like, I remember watching this for the first time and things like, you know, seeing Furiosa's tattoo and her talking about being taken away. I'm like, when's the scene coming when she has the big dramatic monologue right. where she mm-hmm. talks about the fact that she was one of a Morton Joe's brides? Mm-hmm. And then when the movie ends and you're like, oh, right, you don't need to do that. Yeah. Any no. other movie yeah. like this, you're watching it as an audience member. You're like, Ugh, when are they going to get to the reveal? Yeah. But yeah. the point is, if you've done the math in your head already, the reveal is unnecessary. Yeah. This movie doesn't have a first act. Yeah. No. It do- the it second act is the first act. Yeah. Yeah. It just starts well, into first, an action scene. The first act happens before... The words Mad Max Fury Road. But essentially, right, right. The first act is Ben. Okay, here we go. My name is Max. My world is fire and blood. Once, I was a guy from New Jersey, a road warrior <laughs> searching for a righteous cause. As the world fell, each of us, in our own way, was broken. It was hard to know who was even more crazy, me or everyone else. Whoa! Uh, Emily is visiting New York City. From we love to have her. Hollywood. Um, and she's staying with me. And so we watch this movie oh together. My God, humble brag. <laughs> Did they, they put you up in business class or first class? I can't actually answer this as a joke because I did go up first class. Whoa! Here. Oh, oh, here. In number one class. But, uh, Hollywood, uh, and it, but it is while we were I watching I, it. I, I, I should be up front with everybody because I know people are talking um, and the rumors are true. I have gone Hollywood. You yes. have. <laughs> yeah, has gone fully Emily Hollywood. is covered in jewels. Yeah. <laughs> she also um, said that I can't look at her, which is very yeah, annoying because yeah. she's staying with me for a week. And like inconveniently sitting right across <laughs> right. from me right now. But she, unfortunately, she has a suit of mirrors. So that, <laughs> yeah. that, that uh, I can only see myself yeah. if I look And apart. David is also wearing the black bar from the Parasite photo. <laughs> yeah, right. The post. Um, <laughs> but anyway, and while we were watching, Emily was like, ooh, I have a hot take. Mm. And I was like, is it like positive or negative? And you said, positive, but people will think it's negative and would tell me no more. Okay, well, here well, we go. Okay, well, it's, and it and sounds stupid too, but I can explain it. There are two movies that, um, that came out in 2015, or that at least were in festivals at, in 2015. Mm. And, and the other one I did see at Cannes that I think – kind of were the most prescient about like what life post 2016 would feel like. The other one was um, Green Room, which I did see there, which is like, I think one of, if I was doing my decade list, I Mm -hmm. think that would be on it. That's like a very, very important movie for the last 10 years, I think for me. But um, yeah, Fury Road though, I think more specifically like that, that, that I feel like is a, Green Room is a very 
good dramatization of politics and violence and just like how just how toxic everything feels now. Like it right. just feels hundred uh, percent. All of that is is encapsulated in that. I think that Fury Road, more specifically, is like the best um, cinematic and like cathartic vision of what it feels like to be on Twitter. Um, <sighs> yes. I mean, with the War Boys, yes, 100%. Well, yeah, I, mean, I know Warboys, it's annoying to talk about yes, the internet it's, ever. It's a very yeah. annoying take to have, but like, I really yeah, mean it because Boys, it's not know? just the War Boys. No, it's not, and I don't mean this along like ide- ideologies or factions or something. I, I mean that the way that the, it is nonstop, it never stops. Everybody is screaming <laughs> all the time. There yeah. is never a break. Yeah. Everybody well, thinks that there's a nice version of this somewhere, but there's not. You're trying to get to the green place. It's it's not there. <laughs> right, but you're and then, and like, then while you're going, you're just trucking along because you can't stop. And then every once people. in a while, somebody yeah, comes in and is like, and is like, <laughs> I am the scales of justice. <laughs> and just comes barreling in with machine guns. Right, and that's what it feels like. You get your crossbow from like, oh, I have another one over there, I guess. Okay. Yeah. And and that I feel like the chaos, the nonstopness, the like there's always something new coming down the barrel. That is what it feels like to be online post 2016. Um, I, I do think I the think war that's boys a great are, take. A wonderful metaphor, Here, though. Here's my parallel take I've been working on. Okay. I think the reason these movies are so potent, all four of them, in different ways, is the thing that George Miller understands is that uh, society is fucking ridiculous and silly. That we like keep on building these rules and these structures. Yes, that even in an apocalypse, customs. eventually someone will be like, "Well, I'm the king," and right. then you're, everyone's like, "This guy said he was the king." Right. Yeah. <laughs> like, you know. My currency is this, and we trade with this, and, and this he, is the route we take. And it's and like, my why title are you the is king? A it's like, I've got like a shoulder thing right here, and everyone's like, "Pretty cool." Right. All I, right, king. I was looking up. Uh, I was trying to find the the or the what a lovely day quote or like the clip of it, and I was like, "Mad Max Fury Road, what?" And then, like, it had a suggestion. It had suggestions, and it was like, "What is wrong with the Morton show? <laughs> What's up with that guy? Has he gone on WebMD? He's got is a he couple okay? things. No he little- is sick. Yeah. It feels like he should air that shit out instead of putting like a carapace over it. Yeah. It's like, a fair it feels- question. And talcum um, powder, which I think is proven to be bad for you at this point. <laughs> if I lived in the society, though, I would be the war boy who delicately blows the talcum powder all over. <laughs> It's probably the best job. Yeah, I kind of, I, I kind of like, like the guys who just have to um, climb on the little wheels to make the levers go up and down. And oh, otherwise, yeah. they just chill. Oh, yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, I was gonna say though, yes, the fact that like society like ends and then so quickly it rebuilds into an equally like stupid system. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That I think the thing he gets is like uh, we are all still so stupid and primal in base in terms of what is driving us at all moments. And we use like intellect and intelligence and language and art and all these sort of like trappings of sophistication to try Mm -hmm. to hide all of that and act like we're striving for bigger things and deeper things and we have other things driving us. But it's like everyone just wants their fucking guzzling. Everyone just wants to be like the king and the most powerful and the most respected. Uh, At the end of the day, we can gussy it up however we want. But like people are trying to like not starve. Or trying to have somewhere safe to sleep. People want to believe in something. They want to believe in something. Mm-hmm. Yes. And they, they want to have uh, some sort of family around them. Yes. And they want to have some sort of respect. They want to have friends. Right. And blood. Right. And blood. <laughs> and t- actually t- a ton of blood in this movie. No. No. Yeah. 
uh, and Twitter is such a like a witness me sphere yes, of just everyone 100%. yelling like I need to exist. Yeah, I, yeah, I, I yeah, yeah. must exist at every moment. But guys, Twitter's stupid. Oh, it's real dumb. Most people who watch this movie don't even have Twitter accounts. Yeah, it's sort of weird to think about. Yeah, it is crazy how many people are have just made the right decision yeah, and 100%. Have never touched. They're like, oh, that doesn't seem like my cup of tea. Yeah, why would no, I do thank that? you? Right? Yeah, because it's not like people are like, you gotta join Twitter. Yeah, why yeah, do I have yeah, to join yeah, yeah. Twitter? Ah, it's great. Oh, no, the discourse. People talk about it like smoking. Like yeah, right, it's, right. it is indistinguishable from how people talk about mm-hmm. smoking. In, in, as like, well as the people who are like, I assume I it will eventually be years illegal. Ago, like, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I just have to assume that that's coming down the pike or at some I point. I will die from it. Yeah. Right. No, I, I will stop when I am threatened yeah. with a lawsuit. <laughs> no, I like started doing it in college or high school because all my friends were yeah, doing it yeah. and I didn't want to feel left out. Yeah. <laughs> I met so many people from doing it. Right. But, like, a lot of them have left. I did. (laughs) Then how to make noise? I don't know why. It's (laughs) silenced. Look at the button. Um, The other part, uh, the other overlap between Twitter and uh, uh, smoking is uh, I only do it when I'm drunk. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, boy. So, yes, this movie starts as if you've missed a whole movie already. 100%. Right. Where he's just like, you know, you think it's, oh, voiceover narration, then him standing out in a cliff, and it's a moment of introspection. And then you realize it's one brief moment for him to eat a lizard before he gets back in a car in the middle of a chase that's been going on for who knows how long. Right, and then mm-hmm. he gets captured. Yes. And turned into a blood bag, of course. Of course. No one explains that. Because he's a universal donor. He yeah. is a universal Which donor. Which you will miss if you blink during the scene where he's getting tattooed. Yes, I yeah. want to read his tattoo to you because I love it. Okay. And you see it for like five seconds. Yeah. Here's what the tattoo says. Day 12,045. Height, 10 hands. 180 pounds. No name. No lumps, which is my favorite yeah. part. Yeah. No bumps. Full life clear. So he's not a half-life boy. Because the war boys are like little radiation boys. Oh, oh, gotcha. Um, two good eyes. Love that. Mm. No busted limbs. Piss okay. I don't know <laughs> when they tested that. Genitals intact. Multiple scars. Heals fast, O negative, high octane, universal donor. You know, blah, 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 blah. What does high octane mean? I, I think it it's just means his blood. blood will really get you going. Oh, okay. Yeah. It okay. Keeps, and he keeps lone, war, lone road warrior run down on the Powder Lakes V8, no guzzling, no supplies, isolate, psychotic, keep muzzled. Wow. That's the entire thing that they write on his back. That's on screen for like three seconds. If that. Yeah. yeah. I love that he was deemed psychotic. Yeah, but they're like, this guy seems kind of wild. Jeez, relax. He calls himself mad, Max. <laughs> uh, I read some quote, I think, from Sexel who said that uh, 60% of the movie is either sped up or slowed down. Yeah, the, they, that they, they shot keep everything the at normal frame rates. And then when he was watching the edits and they kept refining it, if something wasn't clear, he'd slow it down. And if something was too clear, he'd speed it up. He wanted everything to occupy just the amount of time it took to register. Yeah, yeah. And that's the other big part of this. I mean, he gets, uh, uh, what's his name, John Searle out of retirement, the Se- yeah, right. sealed the yeah. cinematographer out of retirement for mm-hmm. this movie. And the whole principle of it is uh, the the most important element has to be perfectly in right focus, in yeah. as close to the center of the frame as possible, because we're going to be cutting so fast yeah. 
that the brain needs to yeah. develop a process for understanding what it's right. Should be he would keep on. saying to Seal like, "You need the crosshairs of the camera on their noses." And yeah. Seal would be like, "I don't get it. I'm like cutting," the, and he'd be like, "Don't worry about that." Well, this actually makes is is the case I think for it being like the movie of the future, yes. especially if you're talking about movies that people aren't going to be looking at a second screen during mm-hmm. because you literally can't. Right. You can't. Right. Um, but I would the, just be like looking at a second screen while like just like sitting next to traffic going by. Yeah. You'd just be hearing noise. Yeah. Right? And and as like as proven by the blood bag thing, like major plot points are revealed within three seconds yeah. of a shot without dialogue. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And it but, feels but like on, that, that density of information though is like, I feel like more so than 3D or something else that feels immersive, like the density of information is immersive in the opening section of this movie. So you cannot, like, you have to be fully in it. You can't be doing something else. You can't be still making popcorn. Like, and then, you know, you go from there, like already being all in, and that basically carries you through the whole film. Well, and that's like 3D felt overstimulating for this movie. Like, I thought the 3D conversion itself was pretty good in a technical level, and he put effort into it. But uh, it, it, the movie is just giving you so no, much. No, there's no reason to watch There's it no reason. Yeah. Right. The technology, the technological advancement in this movie is him understanding the way human beings process information. Yeah. And the frame rate, too. I mean, it's not like he's the only person to mess with frame rate. But I do think that, like, the nature of the frame rate in this, or then the shutter speed specifically in this film is, like, like is basically makes you feel like you're watching a 3D movie if even if you're not. Yeah. Just because of the clarity of the images. Like, you're not... Yeah, it, it, again, you don't need 3D for it. I always love the inventiveness of vocabulary in these kinds of mm-hmm. movies. But, no. man, I'm so surprised to hear that this wasn't, like, heavily scripted. There's yeah. so many moments that I just love how it's, like, they kind of sound like they're saying gobbledygook. Sure. Yeah. Right. But you know exactly, blah, blah, blah. elementally, yeah. what they're talking about. Well, I don't I don't think any of it was really improvised in that way. It was more that he didn't write a script in the traditional sense. You know, he yeah. didn't sit down and do line for line. Got it. He was thinking images first, <laughs> then dialogue to supplement it. Mm. You know, and most often the dialogue is sort of just more color into it. Yeah. It's very rarely something that isn't being conveyed visually. Yeah. Well, this is the thing that I love. Like, okay, so he obviously created this entire system of belief, or a quasi-religious belief, like the whole Chrome Highways of Valhalla thing, like what the war boys do when they're going to go on a suicide run or something. Witness me. Uh, uh, witness me, yeah. It is cake spray, by the way. I it's cake it spray? It's really I called it. Spray, yes. I called we it. We were wondering what the silver spray was. It's cake spray. Because I get some ace of cake shit. Yeah. Um, <laughs> they're all just icing each other. Icing their bros. Um <laughs> But, uh, yeah, no, but the, to, to invent this entire system of, like, this is what they do. This is the ritual. This is what they believe in. And then to to really just winnow it down to these very sparse beats where we get just a glimpse of what that looks like in operation is, like, so unprecious. I think that most people, especially who do, like, world building, the tendency is, like, well, I came up with all this shit. I'm going to show you every single aspect of it. Mm -hmm. I'm going to Lord of the Rings it. And it's so not concerned with honoring itself. It's just, like, this exists as a piece of, of color for the world. We'll see it exactly as long as we need to see it. 
and there's no like we'll leave all the mythology to people who make the Mad Max wiki, but, which I'm yeah, currently reading. Yeah, which is very in depth, but <laughs> but, but yeah. I think doubly so for people who spend this long on one project. Yes. When you consider that yeah. he spent almost 20 years in development yeah, in this yeah. movie, aside from the fact that he's already had three previous films, aside from the fact that he built it out so much, when you have a movie living in your head for that long, I feel like so often. It is neither this nor the man who killed Don Quixote. It's a thing where it's like they just don't know how to translate this to me anymore. It's been inside their brain and unexpressed for so long that they've stopped figuring out how to put it into any sort of language that is uh, uh, connectable to any other outside people. Um, And this movie is just – it's as you said, it's so stripped down. And then even when you're starting to see the other tribes – how they're based around other objects or other currencies. Right. There's so much shorthand there where you're just like, I'm sure he has answers for all of this. Mm-hmm. I can infer a ton, and I respect the hell out of him for not telling me everything I think I want to know. But the real question is, for everybody in this room, are you more of a gas town boy Oof. or a bullet bullet farm boy? <sighs> God, yeah. Bullet farm because it's bullety? Well, because it's a farm. It's yeah, a farm. That's true. It sounds I'm nice. definitely it a gas nicer, town like... boy. You know, the people eater, he's a bigger guy. He's well dressed. You know, mm-hmm. the bullet farmer is kind of like, eh, and he's got bullets for teeth. Yeah. Weird. Bull- <laughs> bullet of... farmer seems mad. To your point with the bullet farmers, it does seem like they maybe have a better dental plan. <laughs> that's true. <laughs> At least he needs braces. Because some of the gas town people. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but I mean, you know, I would want to be, I mean, Emily and I both agreed. It seems cool to be uh, Morton Joe's son who just sits in a chair and looks through a telescope that seems to be like the chillest of the jobs. Yeah. Like up, Wait, what's up his in name? the Citadel. What's that guy's name? Uh, he's definitely got a name because everyone has a I'll name. Rem- I'll the always remember guy. Rictus Erectus, yeah. but he Rictus Rictus is the is big boy. I had a brother, a yeah. baby brother. And he was perfect. And he was perfect. And everywhere. Uh, let's find out. That moment with Rictus Erectus after the baby dies that is like a moment. I feel like I've mentioned this in the room that I just finished where it's like, it's one of these great moments that I can only compare to the, um, the, the Rancor dying in Return of the Jedi and the, the His guy who comes is and mourns Corpus him. Corpus Colossus. Corpus Colossus. Yes, that's right. Of course. Um, yeah. The, but like just a little tiny glimpse of like <laughs> somebody mourning or like feeling life or death who is like ultimately pretty inconsequential yeah. to the plot. But it's just like, oh, there's like all this other stuff going on. Um, right. Which is like, I, I, lo- I love. I love Rancor-esque moments like that. Yes. Yeah. Um, it's so good. Okay, wait. So first first 30 minutes of this movie are essentially first right. First 30 minutes. Yes. 30 minutes. The movie fades at 30 minutes on the shot of right. the firecracker. He gets the mask off at 45. <laughs> sure. I yeah. timed it. There's an additional yeah. 30 minutes. But, yeah. no, but it's right. the first 30 minutes start 15, with right. Max giving his monologue and ends right. with them going into the storm, it going black, and you seeing the, the flare fade. Right. But, like, through all of that, it's, like, end of high-speed chase into those, like, catacombs, him trying to swing on the hook away from the war boys. Yes, They're right. finally capturing him into opening credits. Yeah. Then you seeing the sort of inner workings of the Immortan Joe mm-hmm. temple. And, you, His you know, speech, the war the boys, release of the water. chilling out, getting some blood. The release of the water is one of the most infuriating. There's two... Two really scary looking things in this movie that don't have to do with cars. Uh-huh. And one is the water being dumped on all those people. Wretched is what those people are called. That's mean. Rude. I, I don't think a Morton Joe is a nice guy. I no? gotta be honest. I think he comes up with mean names for people. Mm. I feel the way uh, you feel, David, when someone doesn't finish food in movies. Mm-hmm. 
uh, watching a Morton Joe spill all this water. He does the spill a lot because a lot of it's just going to fucking waste. Very silly. Get a little tap, a little yeah. faucet. Yeah. yeah. Have just everyone line up. What's the other thing? Um, the other thing is um, when the Vuvulini lady uh, slides down the rope with no pants on. Oh, <laughs> boy, that, that definitely, I mean. That just like makes me cringe every time. She's obviously built up years of calluses, sure. one assumes. Yeah. But, yeah. Uh, but uh, come on, not a pleasant life. No. Yikes. The Valkyrie? Uh, Megan Gale herself. Yes. That's right. Uh, who was supposed to play Wonder Woman? I told Emily. Yeah, yeah. I, I was. I learned that. Um, and and Hugh Burns was supposed to play Martian Manhunter. That's right. But of course, Hugh Burns, who plays Morton Joe, is also Toe Cutter in the original Mad Max. It is truly wild. Like just beyond. Like he's. Yeah. Like, I'm going to make a fourth Mad Max 15 years later, and everyone's like, Why would you do that? Yeah. Mel Gibson's not in it. Yeah, obviously, it's going to have Tom Hardy. Okay, Tom Hardy. I mean, sure. I guess yeah. he's up and coming. Who's going to be your villain? Maybe he could get a big... No, 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 no. I'm going to get the guy from my first Mad Max movie. So you're bringing back Toe Cutter? No, new character. He's going to play someone else. How old is he? I don't know. 60s? Maybe 70s? Yeah. He's old. He it's looks like while. me. He's got my hair. <laughs> Do you have any other villains? No. I mean, like, not famous ones. Right? right. Yeah, it's just a bunch right. of guys. I mean, I guess, like, Charlie's Theron and Nicholas Holt are the other two names in this movie. Yeah, and but the, Holt's the another guy who's on the up and Almost contract. all the wives, like, became big. They all became, yeah. but, like, I mean, this is, like, most of, you know, it's early for all of them, yeah. right? Yeah. 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 I have been uh, surprised that uh, Rosie Hunting, Whiteley, Huntington Whiteley, Correct. is the one who doesn't seem right. to have capitalized off of this, because I think she's very good in this. She's only made two movies. I know. Yeah. I think she mostly, I mean, I th- one, I think she had an absolutely horrendous time making this movie. They had to sh- pluck out all her eyelashes because yeah. they got like weird chemicals in them during oh, like, my which God. she apparently was not happy about because uh-huh. she's a professional supermodel. Yeah. She was like, I need eyelashes. And her first experience was Transformers, which was also presumably a nightmare. Yeah, great movie, that Transformers Dark of the Moon. Uh, and American Masterpiece. Um, the but, other uh, film that uh, predicted Twitter. <laughs> but um, but yeah, so I don't think she had a great time. But I think also she just has like a bustling modeling career. Yeah, she just went back. But to but like that. Abby Lee was a model before this, yeah, and then sure. after this has gone on to have a well, pretty good was, acting career. Yeah, she was kind of more at the age I think when when models are like, I'm gonna try acting because yeah. you're kind of aging out of it. Sure. But she's like, she's so good. She's so good. I love. Oh, she's so funny in Neon she is, Demon. She's she is like, so funny in Neon oh, Demon. I want to see her up in my stuff. Yeah, it's one of the best things I saw that year. Um, <laughs> she yeah. Ebby Lee's still doing stuff, you know? Yeah. She's in uh, The Dark Tower. She's in... I, I just uh, think I think Huntington we'll Wiley has a lot of integrity in this movie. She's great. With the least screen time of The Brides, and she has to sort of carry a lot of emotional weight. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, you don't see them escape the tanker really fully no. until the 30-minute mark, yeah. and she's dead before the hour mark. Yeah. Sure. And that has to feel like a consequential loss to multiple different characters. Probably shortened her shooting time. Yeah, she only shot for seven years. <laughs> yeah. As <laughs> opposed to everyone else shooting 10. Oh, yeah, yeah. I tried to watch this in the black and chrome edition. If I can do a little little corner here yeah. on some thoughts. I, I have no interest in that. Well, so I don't. I've thrown it on. I've like yeah. looked at it. Yeah. I don't and care about this black and white thing. Can I, I mean, I love a black and white movie. Can I offer my thoughts? Sure. Uh, when we, we're covering a movie I've seen as many times as I have with this, sometimes I'm like, if there's an alternate version, I'll watch the alternate version this time, or I'll watch it with commentary sure. this time, because the film is already playing in my head nonstop. Um, so I tried watching it with this, and by the time they get to the end of the, the opening set piece mm-hmm. where they're caught up in the storm, I was like, why am I watching this without color? Right. Because this is a movie that uses color 
so yeah. fucking well. Yeah. And when the first production stills came out from the movie in like 2013, like a year before it even yeah. – they showed footage for the first time at Comic-Con, the stills were super desaturated. Hmm. Sure. And everyone was like, oh, it's this kind of look. It's I, what all modern apocalyptic movies look like. I want to see Total Brown I'll show them to you. They look bad. Total Brown Town. And you were like, okay, so great. It looks like everything else. Yeah. Modern Mad Max looks like fucking everything else. Yeah. And then when people saw the Comic-Con right. reel, they were like, this thing looks fucking insane. They claim that 90% of it's practical. The stunts you see in the trailer are nuts. I have no idea what the plot is, but also this thing is so fucking colorful. Mm-hmm. So when that first trailer came out and it's like, a fucking Crayola box. Mm-hmm. And you're not used to seeing that in this type of film. It looked like this. Yeah. Lame. Oh, that's, yeah. Nobody right. wants that. Right. Like, it's like basically sepia toned. <sighs> right. Right. Looks crummy. Yeah. Crummy. I mean, one of the great things about this movie, because I think that you could do that saturated kind of yellowed look, which is very, I associate with like Breaking Bad when everybody 100%. did like color grading to make everything look yellow mm-hmm. like and it's like because we're in Mexico um, <laughs> yeah yes. oh definitely yes. traffic um, but I think that the the saving grace of this movie is that they kept the sky blue exactly that's what I was gonna say like having a blue sky in all of those shots where everything is basically brown and yellow and like some red when people are bleeding out of their blood bags <laughs> like, but, but like the the sand is like bright yellow and the sky is bright yeah. blue and the fire is bright red mm-hmm. and the colors really like pop yeah and watching it in in the black and white version, you get I'm sorry, the black and chrome version. It makes you realize black like and chrome edition edition. There's this quote I forget who it is, but when color was first introduced to film, one of the key filmmakers of that time period was like, uh, "This is going to ruin the art form." People were just figuring out how to use black and white. Yeah, and this is an extra tool that people weren't ready for. And watching this movie in black and white makes you realize how well he uses color, how much he does know how to use color that you're removing from it, uh, something that actually is an important storytelling asset. Yeah. When something mm-hmm. like Parasite gets thrown out as like, oh, guess what? They're going to release a black and white cut. I'm like, I don't care. I don't give a shit. And I yeah. love that movie as much as I love this movie, but I see no value to it. The weird kind of value you get from watching a little bit of this movie in black and white is because so much of it is practical, it feels like you're watching, like, Metropolis or something. Mm-hmm. And because so much of it is visual mm-hmm. and doesn't rely on dialogue, yeah. it feels like you're watching some odd 1920s epic. Right. The version of this I would like to see him do just as a thought experiment is him going further and just doing it's black and white, it's only score. No, forget with the inner black titles. and white. Just with inner titles. The- I want him to do the silent film version no. to have it as a thought experiment. Whatever. I have no interest in that. I kind Watching of, this movie with the sound on in black and white just feels like, what am I doing? Why am I like removing one of the key elements? I just, I don't get the black and white. Shit. Yeah, I don't I understand why Bong's people like, quote about it because he did it for Parasite. Yeah, where he's yeah. like, well, black and white movies are like very classy and arty. And I just thought, like, what if my movie looked like that? that? Like, so he sad. was more like, I'm like, yes, that is what doing your movie. Right. Like, That's like, the only reason they do it. I mean, right. like, I was, wa- I was somewhere. <laughs> I can't remember, but like. Which, I was well. They, I was like somewhere, like a bar or something, and they were playing like the local news. It was in L.A. and it was like the night before the Oscars, and they were um, just going through like the nominees, and they showed like a two second clip of Parasite, and I was like watching it from across the room in this bar, like with a Chiron underneath it, just like not at all ideal, but it had that shot of like when they're at the little corner convenience store, and you know he's coming down the alley to meet his friend near the beginning of the movie. It's such a beautiful shot. Like, the color in it is so gorgeous that I was just like, 
damn, what a beautiful movie that was on top of everything else. Like, and and that's like in the most unideal situation possible. It was, yeah. yeah. It was, yeah. I don't know why anybody would do the black and white thing for that. Um, I think I think it is just the thought experiment thing of like, do you know this thing that Soderbergh did with Raiders of the Lost Ark? Yeah. Where he was like, I'm going to convert it into black and white and turn off all the sound and put it to the social but network that score. was just him being like, I like fucking around. Like he wasn't like, I should, this should be in theme. No, no, no. But this is, this is my thought experiment. Yeah. His thing was like, I want to do this so I could study just the visual storytelling of Raiders and not be distracted yeah. by anything else. Right. And I just want to focus on like the visual math of this movie. Right. And I think that's the value to doing something like this. But also it's not really that interesting as its own thing. It's like peak digital special feature. Like yeah. you can toggle it on for half a second. Yeah. You can compare and contrast. But as its own version of the movie, what what are you gaining from it? Yeah. Yeah. Um I was going to say one other thing. I mean, well, have you guys watched the score-only version of The Last Jedi, which is available as an option? No, I've not. Um, it's that is quite delightful. That's what. So I, that's why I was I was almost on board with you. I, I kind of like the score-only version. Sure, no yeah. dialogue. Yeah, yeah. Because these movies that are very music-driven, yeah. often it is kind of a fun thought experiment. Yeah. Like, oh yeah, I basically like get what's going on exactly. But not black and white. It's well, a nice looking movie. I, I'm going to stand by this. The feature I wish you could do, and you can't do them at the same time, mm. is score only black and white. Well, Just to I, see how I, it plays. We're fighting. We're okay, fighting. Okay. This is a fight. We're fighting on the Fury Road. Uh, yes, exactly. And I will meet you in the, yeah. <laughs> I don't know. Um, but there is the black and chrome edition. You, I own it now. I you, suppose yeah. I could watch it. You know what I wish you could do? Not for this movie, but I was thinking, I think about Lord of the Rings actually a lot while watching this movie um, just because of like the way that it d- does like compositing and digital and stuff feels kind of like of the same school. Sure. Um, Both Weta movie. Yeah. Yeah. That's probably what I didn't realize that it was a Weta movie. That makes sense. Um, Australia. But just like the. Um, because I remember that movie being such like the, the beginning of 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 color grading and stuff, and like yeah. being able to see an alternate color grade. Because I think that a lot of that stuff can age really poorly. Yeah. So like seeing either like a less color graded movie or like a re like kind of just like remastering, but just for color. Yeah. I think that could be a cool feature to do, but that's different than just taking all the color out. Sure, it would be interesting. Look, it would be interesting just to compare and contrast because these things can be done so quickly and easily Mm -hmm. to see the desaturated version of this movie, to see the movie that is like the clean footage they shot Mm -hmm. because this is at one extreme end of the spectrum. Yeah, Mm -hmm. definitely. With Mm -hmm. a movie that's this good, it's fascinating to try to watch it in any sort of way so you can sort of focus on different components. But the version of this movie that came out in theaters is the best version of this movie. Absolutely. Far in a way. I agree. Yeah. Right. Doesn't really need to be messed with. The plot, though. Yes. No, <laughs> so, yeah, so they go on uh, the Fury Road. Right. Well, Furiosa. Yeah. Imperator. <coughs> Imperator Fury. Imperator and, we, and we do stand. Yeah. And we are obsessed. But also just beautiful that this character is introduced with, you know, walking away from the camera, sure. starting on the back of her neck, seeing the brand, no. and then she mm-hmm. moves further and further away towards the truck. You see her robot arm, and you see the wheel. Mm-hmm. Yes, um, and of course you have Morton Joe doing his sort of like uh, you know, talk. We're, we're after yeah. get food from that. you know, like he's explaining what's going on to his people. But you're seeing like the milk farms. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You're the understanding. The ladies hooked up. Yep, right. Yep, mm-hmm. yep. The whole sort of functioning economy of uh, Gastown. Uh, yes. Um, so and um, so she's right. She's a trucker who's going on a run. Mm-hmm. 
So and everybody bringing... has to come to see her off because imports and exports super important. Yeah, in this. yeah and I think it's it's just part of the cult of the war boys, yeah, right. you know, where it's like, you know, this is a fun trip. Everything has to feel like a religious she's event. She's got the yeah. water and she's going to bring the water and get guzzling and Because yeah. we provide. Right. And Joe provides for his people. 100%. Yeah. Um, and so off she goes with her war rig, which is so cool. Uh, and sounds like a whale. Yeah. Anytime it honks, they layer in whale sounds. They oh, want wow. it to be like a big Moby Dick kind of thing. All the vehicles are functioning. Uh, yeah, that's which a key is thing. The thing that's completely insane. Yeah, insane. it's nuts. What kind of it? They should all go to jail. And for they started because like they started cash. building them in like what 2002 or something. Like yeah, they, sure, they right. designed it right. 100. Yeah. percent yeah. Like a lot of those had been around for a long time insane. before they shot. It is, but yeah, it's so weird to think that like. You know, you wake up at 4 a.m., you go to hair and makeup, your entire body is caked in white makeup, yeah. they shave your head, you know, give you the uh, black eyes, right? right. You know? And it's like, hey, get in your car. You get into one of those things, you're like, oh, turn it on, I guess. The weirdest thing to think about is so often if the car is actually moving, it's probably moving at like 30 miles per hour. Sure, right. So yeah, you're, yeah, yeah. Like, you're not Charlie's like, Charlie's there on pretending that you're like in the race of your life. In this giant fucking like gonzo car driving like a grandmother. Um, yes, all the boys are sort of. I just love that shot of them going to get their wheels. That's what I was yeah. going to say. Oh, just yeah. Another, when they're all running in with their wheels. Just communicating like the world so quickly right. that they're all just like. Yeah. And then getting their wheels. Like, and one of the few dialogue setups is uh, Nux. Is Nux is hooked up to Max. Right. And they and think he's, he's too to weak friend. to go right. see off. Uh, Furiosa. And mm-hmm. they, yeah, that's true. One of the only times there's proper info dump where someone's like, Furiosa's gone off the blah, 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 blah. Like, you know, like someone actually tells him what's going yeah, on. Yeah, yeah. Right. But that's so when they're off to chase her. He's going to strap off-road. the blood bag Max mm-hmm. to the front of his car, mm-hmm. placing Max in the middle of the action. Well, he's going to die historic on the Fury Road. Yeah, of course yeah. he is. Yeah. Right. If I'm going to die, that's what I'm going to do. Right. Um, but right, because Furiosa goes off the road. But I, the, once again, the fucking restraint of just... The guys coming up to her window and being like, it's that way. And her just sort of <laughs> nodding. And then the guys going back and being like. I'll pass it down. I think she knows what she's doing. Right. Yeah. That it takes like 10 minutes for yeah. them mm-hmm. to question, is she fucking us right, over? Right, because they're yeah. dealing with the spiky cars. Right. Who yeah. are great. And we're, we, we, we stand, stand and we're obsessed. Yeah. yeah. Um, when the war boys are finally trying to catch up with them. Like, yeah. you know, there's already, she's already dealing with the regular, which is like three spiky VW bugs, which is a reference to Peter Weir's great. Exploitation movie, the cars they Paris, mm-hmm. and then I love the spiky RV. Yeah. Mm. I just, I just love it when there's a level up. You know, where yeah, it's yeah, like, yeah. I get these guys are yeah. spiky cars, and they're like, "Geez, these guys are hard." Well, let's get the spiky RV. Let's get this, <laughs> the spiky tractor trailer. But like, their lives suck. Yeah, oh, yeah. yeah. Oh my! At least yeah. the wretched get like a water bath once a month. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Those guys, it's just like, what do we got? Spiky cars. Anything yeah. else? If someone comes here, we, we spike got it. them. Yeah, <laughs> like, that's our deal. Isn't it so depressing that this movie is like, you know, the three currencies, water, gasoline, and bullets? That's what the best Here's fucking our... idea of the movie no, is. No, it's on right. point, but it is just like, it's probably going to come down to that, yeah. right? I mean, it's probably where we're going. Right. It's food and guns and, and machines. And chains. And blood. Um, so they, like, and so the first half hour is all that happening. Right. And These then people then slowly coming deciding... to realize the Furiosa yeah. is going... Right. Off, and off she just goes into yeah. the sandstorm. Um, her her whole move of when she goes off the path, I, I I was thinking about that a lot because it's like 
it's all in full view because it's a desert. Right. So Can't like really Joe die. is right. watching her. They're not going down like an alleyway. No, it's not yeah. like, okay, once I'm turned around the corner, then we can sneak off. Like there's really no other way for her to do it. So I was just like, how do you make that calculation of like when you can deviate from the path mm-hmm. right. so that you still have enough time? Like it feels like a very like like it is a, a movie where it's a chase movie that takes entirely place entirely on like an open just flat expanse. So there's no topography. It's not like the Born Identity or right. anything like that. It's uh, I don't know. I just I thought that was kind of funny. It also feels like so much of her move with people questioning her before it starts to become an actual like violent chase is her being like, I have built up such a reputation right. I'm fucking that they will not so. question me. Right. Yeah. I will get like 10, 15 minutes going right. off course where I want to, building up a little bit of a lead on them before they even start to question yeah. my motives. Well, they have to find that the wives are gone first, right? right? Yeah, there's that, yeah. which right. is what they check on when he sees them veer off. Right. And then, of course, you've got that great set, the like yeah. weird school, yeah. we are not things, you know, all that stuff. Go on, Emily. This is my only You're doing problem. Emily face. This is my Emily only face. problem with the whole movie. I okay. think that although we are not think stuff is really silly and bad. Um, <laughs> sorry. I love it because it's like as they they keep saying it's um what's her name? The Splendid Ankarad. Rosie Hunting the White Lady uh-huh. is the one who came up with we are not things. So it's mm-hmm. like they're very elemental language. Right. Because they keep saying, like, she's the one who said it. We are not things. She's become their, like, spiritual she's, leader. Right, exactly. She's their, right. Like, that there's a little sort of, like, you know, individualistic I self I feel like they should have taken the milk ladies with them, too. Like, but the milk, oh, oh, well, sure. I mean, but they're, they're, <laughs> yeah. they're very comfortable sitting. Like, I don't know if they'd be into the whole, like, you know, come on, guys, hide in a water tank. They don't seem then... very mobile. Yeah. I don't know. It's like, I, I, I think that. This movie is fun and fine, and I, I don't think too hard about it. But I do think that, like, when people are like, it's super feminist. I'm like, yes, Furiosa is, like, a cool character. But I think, like, if you examine its feminism too hard, it doesn't go that far. But, and, like, Eve it's Ensler simple completely. And broad. Yeah, yes. no, it's super yeah. broad. But yeah. then I think, I think that if you appreciate it on those levels, like, great. Totally works within the movie. It's just, it's just criticism around it. I, I almost cried several times rewatching it this morning just because I can't believe it exists. It's there crazy. were moments where something would just happen on screen. I can't remember specific ones because it, it was like five or six times where I was just like, how is this yeah. a thing that not only was made but came out, was well-received, was a hit, right. and got copious Oscar nominations? One like it fully Oscars. like has earned the reputation it deserves. And beyond winning all the Oscars like that year – the critics and the sort of cool kids were like, well, that's obviously that was the that critics the winner. Pick. Right, right. What even won that year? Spotlight? That yeah. the, that's the Spotlight that's Revenant a... year. Yeah. Yeah. Is that the year? Is yes, it, it's it is. that yeah. year, right? Because it was that thing where it was like. I do love Spotlight. Oh, because that was a fun Oscars because it won all those technical awards and every won, single yes. person who came up to accept an award was for Fury looked person. incredible. Right. They were amazing. Like they yes. walked off the set. It was, it was so funny because they were also all sitting together and you would just see one of them yeah. stand up wearing like yeah. you know, was, 40 carpets and being like, oh, <laughs> they get another bit. George, you made it. That's great. Six Oscars it was. Yes. Yeah. Then when Leo and Inaratu won. It was like, oh fuck, is this going to go to the Revenant? And then Spotlight at the end of the night was kind of a pleasant surprise, like, yeah. right? That, I I love Spotlight. I, I mean, it is it is a very different movie from uh, Mad Max Fury Road. I would yeah. say, but and I, from I, I, the I, Revenant, I would say the Revenant and Fury Road have more in common. Hundred percent Spotlight, especially starting yes. with Tom Hardy. With a mumbling Tom Hardy. <clears throat> in it. Yeah, yeah, that's the right Tom Hardy. That's why it was annoying when it felt like, oh, they're going to give it to Bad Fury Road. 
Yeah. Like the Revenant, which is Fury Road with like pretension over explaining it. Fury Road. Cold Fury Road. Nice cold Fury Road. Burry Road. (laughs) (laughs) Joke. Um, points. Revenant could have done. Yes. Give, come on. Give her points. Oh, oh, oh. Five, five comedy points. Okay. Five comedy points. Five comedy cubes. Ice cubes. I'll believe that. <laughs> Give him some comedy points for that. That was funny. Hopefully. Come on. By this point, we should have our comedy point coins, right? We're, we're getting close. <laughs> you know this, Emily? We are actually making physical comedy point currency. I, and also beyond We're this, trying to disrupt the American be, economy. I have been on an email chain thread about this, even though I was Jesus barely Christ. aware that it was happening. Yeah. Every day I get like another email that's like, so here's the update on the coins. And I'm like, why are we making coins? Do you ever feel like you've created uh, an economy of fire and blood? I just want <laughs> yeah. people to witness me. That's comedy, all I want. Comedy town. Comedy. <laughs> Pod town. Uh, yeah. Um, aye, aye, aye. Anyway, so after the but the storms, they go into the storm. They go into the heart of the storm, and then there's the moment at minute thirty where the screen goes black. But I, before then is when the score builds. Yeah. Finally, it'd be yeah. you know beyond the just like humming some, score. It but does some it, real like bumps. It has a melody. It goes dun dun, you know, right? Yeah. And you see the car going into the storm and exploding. Max yeah. has been trying to free himself from the hood of the car the yes. entire time, and that's right. when Nux is like, I'm, you know, I'm, what a glorious yeah, day. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Pulls yeah. himself up. Still pours to... water all over himself. No, it's gasoline. Isn't he gonna? <laughs> He's gonna explode. It's gasoline, yeah. not water. What am I talking? Yeah. Um, and uh, what was I gonna say? There's something else that happens. I guess Max is just trying to right. punch He's his way. He's just like in. right. Yeah. And it's speaking a lot. This is because I, mean, yeah. I was watching it with subtitles too. There are like uh, transcribed <laughs> lines of dialogue, specific things he was saying. It is just part of the brilliance of this movie that that's when he's the most verbal. Right. I also think that the whole driving into the storm thing, another thing I really respect about this movie is that driving into the storm, whether literally or uh, just sort of uh, tonally, theoretically, is always a thing that happens in the last, like, ten minutes of the movie. Yeah. Like, the, the the minute 30 of this movie looks like the end of most movies. 100%. Like, of, of this kind of right. movie. Like, it looks like the end of, of Return of Skywalker. Like... Is that what that movie was called? Rise of Skywalker. Skywalker. Remember all those ships? Yeah. All the, the dead speak. The dead splashing. But we've talked about this before. At minute thirty, when the screen goes black, mm-hmm. our, our entire our audience bursts into applause, and then you could also hear them exhale. That's so cool. Yes. Like everyone had been holding their breath. So Armand cool. White was on his feet, pumping his fists. Wait, really? I remember him being very into the movie. Really? That's he was great. there, and I kept on checking him. He was there with, it seemed like, three or four family members. Like, he was like, this is a big one. That's sweet. Yeah. Oh. Now I'm looking up his review. Yeah. Um, Watch me be totally wrong. I think he liked it. I'm looking it up. Um, but yes, it's, it's another thing uh, about George Miller is he knows peaks and valleys so well. Yeah, he knows he when like to it. take his foot off. Yeah. Did not? No, but I mean, like, wow. that doesn't mean anything. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, well, okay. <laughs> That's just like the part in What Hot American Summer with the, with the day by day. And the, oh, right. <laughs> like everybody's feeling it and then perhaps, <laughs> perhaps the greatest joke in a movie. It's, it's so, so good. good. Is when they just, they're just the whole, they're just clapping and then they all boo at the same time. It always gets me. Yeah. That is the funniest it's shit so in the good. universe. It's so good. I mean, God. 
It has a lot of competition with like 12 other bits and Wet Hot for right, me. Right, right. Sure. Um, I just recently I rewatched do... Wet Hot because I was like feeling crappy one day. To, yeah, that's what it's for. Yeah. I used to watch it like twice a month. Oh, college. I've seen, it's yeah. up there. It's one of the most watched movies I, I of my life. I think it is the movie I've yeah. seen most of my entire it life. It would be yeah. in my It would be up there five. with yeah. a Star Wars yeah. for sure. I had a flipper disc of oh, it and wow. a movie starring Jerry Stiller that I have still what? never heard. Wow. Of. I'm going to, I have to look up the name of the wow. Uh, that was on sale in a shop in oh fuck, Britain. What? Wait, I'm sorry. <laughs> I'm sorry. What? I love how I don't see it coming until I'm halfway into an anecdote, and then I'm like, No, that's right. never I, happens. I, I lived in Britain when this happened to Gr- me. What? what? There was a store in Britain in uh, there was a store. There, what? <laughs> called Poundland. Okay, what? Which call, in America, wouldn't it be called Dollarland in America? Sounds very pornographic, yeah. mm. but in England, just meant that everything in the store was available for one pound. Why would it cost one pound? Yeah. Because it was... <laughs> what do you mean? Because it was cheap, <laughs> shitty stuff. Well, that's why it cost one you know what pound. I'm saying, why wouldn't it cost like a, a rupee, a peso, a, <laughs> Oh my a God. I once bought computer... I used to like going to Poundland just to see like, wh- <laughs> what do they have on sale that's like... Like not even remotely cost. I bought computer speakers once, and I was like, I can't believe. You Honestly, I mean, I really respect that you will admit on the podcast that you love to go to Poundland. No, he said he once loved liked Poundland. It's true. He doesn't like it anymore. You know, please tell me that there's a, a young town. man. He once liked no, going to no Pound Town. Uh, so, but they had DVDs, uh-huh. one pound each. <laughs> they have great sales at Pound Town. <laughs> But that's that's the balance, though. You know, the tricky thing is they have so much good stuff there that you have to use a lot of restraint to not blow your load at Pound Town. <laughs> Please just keep going. I'm, I'm enjoying this. Someone uh, actually wrote an article about pound, this, which though, I truly appreciate. Like... <laughs> oh, right. Someone I went to college with wrote an article about this flipper disc. Because oh, wow. I then said to him, go to Poundland <laughs> and buy this flipper disc because Wet Hot American Summer is one of the two sides. Yeah. Gwillem Mumford, shout out Gwillem Mumford. He now works for uh, The Guardian. You had a friend named Gwillem. Yeah, well, you know, there's Welsh people in England. Telling someone to go to Poundland, it sounds like telling someone to go fuck themselves. <laughs> Why don't you go to Poundland? Um <laughs> It, which is, but the other side was a movie called The Independent, starring Jer- oh, Jerry yes, Stiller and Janine Garofalo, which like is like a, a mockumentary. mockumentary where he's like a sort of like a Z grade, right? He's like a trashy, director. exactly. Yeah, right. um, I never watched it. Yeah, but I had Wet Hot American Summer. That wow. was like side A. Wow. And it was it, that movie was never released in Britain, yeah. just theatrically because it was barely released theatrically here. No, yeah. And I just remember coming home, putting it on. And show, like to my friends, I was like, "You're gonna like this thing." Like, you know, yeah. it's sort of in the vibe of mm-hmm. you know movies you like. And like, what's the first joke in Wet Hot American Summer? I think it's David Harse, David High Pierce being like, "I said good, like I said no." <laughs> there are like 87 <laughs> jokes before that. That's like the first interaction in that movie. Um, the is Janine Garofalo coming up to him? No, 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 because the movie opens with everyone waking up. Yeah, there's the there's the speaker. Yes. There's the 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 kid talking There's on some the radio. Right. There, anyway, anyway. But anyway. you know, I just remember yeah. that moment. Him saying, "I said yeah. no." Them all just like jumping in their seats and being like, "Wait, is this going to be great?" Yeah, <laughs> it's a big moment for me. Oh, it's humongous. Anyway, day by day, that's the. Best I think joke. before that, though, I think the first laugh that I get from that movie is it's not the "I said no" one. It's their first interaction where they just like say hi to each other for the first time, and then she looks away and she take like it's a podcast, so you won't see me. But she just takes her mug and she goes. 
<laughs> that is so good. I know exactly what you're talking about. And it's, so, it's also funny that Janine Garofalo is in both of the flippers. Yeah, well, that's probably, oh, it's like a Janine Garofalo super pack yeah. Yeah. For, the, oh, yeah. for the fans. Downland. Oh, boy. Um, there's that bit in the in the first, like, mug interaction before they've actually spoken mm-hmm. where they were, like, miming little bits to each other. Oh, yeah, yeah. And he mimes... Oh. He throws his mug accidentally. Where he has like a, yes, a hose. Yes, and then yes, there's like yes. a cat that screeches in the right. background. What is that not funny? They You're just throwing it. something and then a, the a crazy sound effect and a cat. so much. But then I believe they hard cut to the cafeteria and yeah. someone drops their plate at breakfast and they use the yeah, exact yeah, same yeah, sound yeah, effect yeah, yeah, again yeah, yeah, yeah. within 10 seconds. It's so good. That's the bit that destroys me. The hardest I laugh in that movie is the Alan Shermer run. Oh, yeah, I mean, yeah. obviously and, that's great. And there's one Zach Orth reaction shot. He's so funny. To one of the <laughs> He's jokes. crucial yeah. to both Alan Schirmer yes. and Day by Day because yeah. he has the loudest yeah, yeah, yeah. booing. Right. Because <laughs> he's right in the phrase. <laughs> so good. But there's one where he's laughing so hard and then he has to force his eyes open and yeah, it looks he's like, like he's. <gasps> yeah, yes. Like he's in pain laughing so <laughs> hard. <laughs> it's the God, best comedy it's ever. It's the made. best. It's the best. Movie. It is one of the most influential movies to me. Per- it's a perfect film. Uh, oh, I love it. I rewatch Rudd like doing his oh, like, dramatic the, the picking up. So good. You want to talk about perfect alternate versions of movies? Have we all watched the fart cut? Oh, I've watched the fart cut. No. Have I watched the fart the cut? The fart cut's what? incredible. Fart cut is incredible. There's an, it's there's just an, the movie. It's the movie. With more farts. They add an extra fart. Hell yeah. But they're all so well-timed. <laughs> really? They're like, they, they do a lot of them, but yeah. they make very specific choices. So when he's picking up the shit from the floor, every time he bends over, there's another fart. <laughs> okay, I'm writing this down. You should do that for it's Fury Road. So Black and Chrome and Farts <laughs> fart Edition. Cut. Is what on American Summer the Fury Road of comedy? Probably. I Where think, it's just relentless. It just never yeah, right, stops. Yeah. Right. yeah. yeah. And we then, should do a far cut on this show. We should do a far cut of this episode <laughs> behind the Patreon table. We're going to announce for the first time we're adding another tier to Patreon. It's just whatever episode came out that week with extra farts. <laughs> the, the tier cost $20. Ben, I was about to say, in terms of the labor it would take for you to add farts. I feel like, like Ben what, would what be would into charge? it, though. Like well, Ben would Because the thing the is, I got to do it Foley style. Totally. <laughs> you have to do oh, each fart yourself. You can't just rip them. You can't rip rips. From the internet. No. The fans demand verite farts. Yes. <sighs> anyway, after the storm. After yes. the storm. Um, then you have the great one-on-one set piece. You yep. know, Max, you know, uh, finding Furiosa. Furiosa and yeah. then fight the one-on-one combat. And he's still just trying to get his fucking mask off. Wants yeah. that mask off. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You really want it off for him. He also needs the chain off. He has yeah. to like carry Nux with him. It's so fun that Nux is sort of just there and as they're fighting, like keeps getting sort of jerked yeah, around yeah. and then finally wakes up. I think it's like the first part where he starts like filing away his mask and it's when all this other shit. Is that before the storm? I can't remember. There's like a part where he's. That, no, that's after the storm. It's after the storm. Because during the storm, he's just trying to get himself freed from yeah. the hood of the car. When he wakes up, it's the final. He's trying to get it. Yeah. But that gross detail where, like, looped into the chain is... Is the blood... Yeah, yeah, yes. yeah. yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. but Very I think cool. it's when the, the gas town people start showing up or something, or who starts showing up um, in that after the storm, and then, like, he, he turns and sees them, and then he turns yeah. around and immediately starts, like, filing at his... And that, that was, like, one of the early parts that I was like, this just feels 
like Twitter for some reason to me. <laughs> but it also feels <laughs> like, like I feel like Looney Tunes. All, That's like, what's so yeah, great. Yeah, you know? yeah, it's like a hundred percent. Well, I was gonna, I was about to use that exact same comparison, but I think that's part of like the the speeding up some of the footage. Yeah. Is you have these basic human movements which yeah. are now amped up and sped yeah. up to like it feels like Chuck Jones. Yeah. Where like Bugs Bunny is able to in one instant go from one extreme pose to another. Yeah. The way he's looking back yeah. over his yeah. shoulder and then like very quickly filing. Yeah. I, I didn't know that Jeremy Renner was up for this, but I, I Couldn't can't no. imagine He's anybody. not funny enough. There's nobody. <sighs> he doesn't sound right for it, even though it's funny that he is. It's not like he's far from Tom Hardy no. physically. but like, And at that point in time, it felt like, oh, of course that's the sure. obvious choice to replace Mel Gibson. I've never seen him dirty, Jeremy Renner. He seems too clean. Well, you're, you keep hanging out at his house. It's weird. Get dirty, Jeremy. Then <laughs> I'll listen. Then I'll be... <laughs> I'm just peeping, trying to give him advice. You show up to his home with two sacks of fertilizer. <laughs> you know, and jeans. Yeah. Hey, when well, out. Well, put on the jeans, Jeremy. Bring them up. Bring them up. They will be up by this point. Say that. Uh, Ben's winking. Oh, they're up. Yeah. Isn't that what they say at the end when they're trying to bring the, when the... Yeah, yeah. Bring yeah. them up. Yeah. You like should that. do that for when every time you are through jeans. <laughs> you have this great Furiosa Mad Max fight, and it's like the movie is slowing down for the first time mm-hmm. with an intimate two-person fight scene. Mm-hmm. Right, right. Where these two characters, the two movie stars, are finally getting to, like, interact. Um, but they're also both just in survival mode. They're like wild animals. Yes. Um, Meanwhile, the girls are cutting their uh, chastity belts off. Mm-hmm. Yes. Oh, the chastity belts with the teeth. Ugh. Love them. Yep. Uh, <laughs> I mean, to... I hate them. They're very bad, but like I love them also. Yeah. <laughs> but also the symbol, the skull, and the chastity belt is the same as what's on Furiosa's wheel. I mean, all these things of how you see how she's like built her life as a former a Morton Joe bride. Right. Mm-hmm. Yes. Um, recontextualized all these elements and tried mm-hmm. to own them herself. Um, but Max grazes Rosie Hunting Whiteley with the bullet. Mm-hmm. And it sets up mm-hmm. this element that, that, that makes the Furiosa thing so much more clear of uh, how freaked out a Morton Joe gets if his wives are damaged, that right. they need to be these perfect human specimens. Mm-hmm. Right. That they all need to be former models. <laughs> <laughs> or the daughters of celebrities. Right. You yeah. know, or granddaughters of yes. Kios. Right, right. I guess uh, Priscilla Both. Presley kind of counts as yeah. a celebrity. Yeah. 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 Um, uh, but yeah, and then I, but I do love that uh, Max is like, I'll steal the war rig. Drives right. off mm-hmm. five seconds later. Right. To, mm-hmm. you know, it stops working. Right. Right, right. That she, the brides are all freaked Lisa out. Lisa Marie Presley. What am I talking about? Priscilla's the Elvis's. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, the brides are all freaked out, and Furiosa's fine with it because she just knows, like, you think I'm a moron? Like, I set this truck up so that no one else can operate it. Anyway, so that's why they sort of ally with Max, like, pointing guns at everyone and being like, mm-hmm. I love Tom in that mode. That's the yeah. mode I want him in. Yeah. Distrusting everyone, grumpy. Yeah. Mm-hmm. In the condition he's in and and also being, like, the only man among them at this point and pointing guns at everybody. It's like, he, it's kind of, he doesn't feel dangerous. He just feels Foolish, yes, yeah. and like having having the ostensible, even though he's obviously not the lead of the character. This is uh, lead character. This has been very well established, but right. I think like this is kind of the first where you're like, yeah, this isn't like the hero of our story. He's gonna like you know, he's gonna become a better person through this, but right now he's just like crazed and he's pointing. still in like caged animal mode. Yeah, yeah. Like, <laughs> yeah. Well, that's the beauty of uh, sort of decentralizing uh, Max from the sort of import of the story and mm-hmm. the narrative 
is that he can actually just be like truly mad. Right. Like he's mm-hmm. like a feral yeah. animal yeah. Mm-hmm. where when he has to fulfill more of the obligations of a protagonist, mm-hmm. the guy has to be a little more conventional hero movie star. Mm-hmm. And in this, he can just be like Tasmanian devil. Yeah. Yeah. Right after that is when Nux climbs aboard, mm-hmm. starts mm-hmm. doing damage, and they just throw him off. And they're like, Immortan Joe is a sh- he eats schlanger, like, you know, whatever yeah. their line. And like that, that's the moment where Matt, uh, Nux's whole like w- like worldview, right, yeah. life story is just completely upended. I love Max getting his jacket back from him right. too. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but it's just such a like Nux's. He always sucks. Yeah, like he does a bad job in the storm. He does a bad job there. He does a bad job again later when he's to Morton Joe. He's like, I get on there. And he just falls yeah. right. And Morton oh, yeah. Joe's like, whatever. <laughs> Doesn't he say like mediocre? Yeah, yes, yeah. mediocre. Yeah. So good. Uh, and, you know, the only you know, <sighs> finally in the end he redeems himself, but like most of the time he's he's a shitty war boy. Yeah, yeah, which yeah. I love. Yeah, he's yeah. so well, he's sick. He just wants to be in the club. He's got his two lumpy friends. He does have his little lump boys. <laughs> that, that's the mo- the most Ben moment <laughs> in, of the movie entirely. He's so it's sad the little about smiley them face, too. but he like has names for them. Yeah, yeah. so cute. I just I think that if it wasn't for the fact for what the lumps the lumps but if it wasn't for the fact that Tom Hardy is so strange and wonderful in this movie and Charlize Theron is like one of the most incredible action hero performances in recent history like somehow Nicholas Holt gets lost in that I know. But he is so, so good in this movie. And I think rewatching it, you really, like, once you kind of are done being bowled over by the two leads, mm-hmm. then you can really appreciate. The work he's doing. Such yeah. good work. Such good, like, Especially, comic work. Like, I yes, don't know. Very he's comic. Just, right, right. But, like, you know, when you're all made up, I feel like people will underrate your performance maybe just yeah. sort of out sure. of hand. Because it's like, oh, well, the wink up must be doing a lot of work here. Right? You know, like. But I just think, I think. His uh, lips, too. Mm-hmm. Weird chap lips. Super chappy. I find that dismissal <laughs> frustrating because I, I think so often it is being that made up frees up an actor, gets them out of their head, you know, makes them feel distance enough from yeah. themselves that they have an added freedom. And then people chalk that extra energy up to, oh, they just look weird. I'm responding mm-hmm. to the design. Yeah. Uh, Joe Reed gave him Best Supporting Actor on the show. He gave him the credit he deserved. He witnessed him. Um, it remains very wild to me that Charlize didn't get a Best Actress nomination. I guess so. It felt like that it's was going wild. to happen. No, it that didn't. Year. She didn't get any. It's not precursors. wild. I'm saying it felt like it was going to happen when the movie came out to me, and then she proceeded to You're not get any. Way too optimistic, but they never nominate action people. No, like the Sigourney Weaver Sigourney. thing is like the 100 percent exception to the rule. But this felt it's like actually the, the movie. Excep- I feel like it's the exception that proves the rule in a weird That's way. Right, yeah, 100. Yeah. Like, um, I just doesn't. I, I'm going to find you the best actor nominee. Never forget, you guys, nominee. though. All women are superheroes. Well, that's true. That's true. And I didn't know that until they told me. Yeah. Um, here were the five best acting, best okay. actress nominees. Okay. Um, oh, the, when is this coming out? That reference is going to be hella old. Uh, oh. May. Okay. It'll be really fresh. People are rewatching that. The Oscars. All the yeah, May 24th. Yeah. It's yeah. coming out. Yeah, it'll be great. Um, here were the five best acting okay. nominees, uh, best actors. Brie Larson for Room, the winner. All uh-huh. women are superheroes. All women are superheroes. Um, Kate Blanchett for Carol, good movie. Mm, great movie. Uh, Saoirse Ronan for Brooklyn. Mm-hmm. Charlotte Rampling for 45 Years, mm-hmm. which was like a nice career nomination. Yeah. And then, of course, she was mm-hmm. like, she, uh, people are racist against white people. Like, yeah. I can't remember what she yeah. did. It doesn't matter. Something She's French. Good movie. Yeah. Right, very French. Yeah. But it was very annoying that she did that. And yeah. then, of course, the one person who really deserved to be there. 
then this was huge. Uh-huh. And this was really great that they recognized this. Jennifer Lawrence for joy. Oh, boy. Oh, my God. <laughs> that is the one where you're like, well, it's a... T- uh, <laughs> it was a loaded year. Want <laughs> to talk about something? I was thinking about this. Talk about somebody who is, like, evaporated. She's chilling. I mean, good for her. She was in a movie her. last year. Dark Phoenix. Oh, right. She was really in that movie. We're X-Men. We have to be the... Uh, yeah, I don't know. Yeah. She's in Dark Phoenix. Is that, that a direct was, quote? Probably, honestly. She gives listen, some speech like that before she gets like shoved into a wall and then listen, dies. Listen, Cyclops, I have a 345 <laughs> flight out of Burbank, so I only can do two or three takes of this scene. That's what every moment of her performance, all 28 of them, <laughs> feels like. Is Nicholas Holt in Dark Phoenix? He is. He is. I, it's the first X-Men movie that I haven't seen. You missed a lot. Everyone who saw it also didn't see it. Right. <laughs> That's the problem. We watched it, and then we left, and we were like, I still just want to complete it yeah. and see all the X-Men movies. <laughs> you just saw it. No, I don't, no, I don't remember no. that. I would remember that. I took a nap. Yeah. She has a movie coming out this year. Uh, Is it her secret surprise movie? <laughs> she has a secret surprise movie? Is it called Secret Surprise the Movie? <laughs> she, it's the movie about where she, she plays a soldier who has a brain injury. Really? It's, it's very, like, Oscar-sounding. Who's directing it? Uh, Lila just have fun. Neubauer. I agree. What? I don't know. Someone called Lila Neubauer who's never made a movie. It's like I wanted like Red Sparrow to be the thing. Like, okay, I'm Red just going to do a kind of like. Uh, I mean, the equation is. <laughs> Not <movie>. consensually. She, <laughs> <laughs> um, she needs my best friend's wedding. Like Julia the, Roberts this was became in. became the take where it's like she needs to do a rom com. I'm like, I, I agree to get it, but like, I, I don't, don't know. She should just do whatever she wants. But, I'm saying, but I'm saying that like, I like. But when Red Sparrow I, when was I the saw movie it. she wanted to make. She's the author of that movie. I know, yeah. I know. And I was like, cool, do a kind of pulpy assassin movie. Right. That sounds great. I just didn't love the movie. Sure. But like, more stuff in that line of thinking, though, is, is great. Like, she should just have. Mother. What? Mother. No. I'm sorry. I don't think that's the title of that movie. Can you try? Mother. There we go. Mother. Um, yeah. That's, yeah. I, I'd like her to make more movies. I enjoy Jennifer Lawrence. I, I enjoy the, the comedy stylings and the joyous stylings of Jennifer Lawrence. She might come back hard. She might. I don't know. It is kind of a point where we're now asking that question. Yeah, we're like, eh. it does feel like her as star as our favorite ingenue is like a like it feels extremely dated and old now. Like her tripping everywhere and stuff feels like a real thing we had to get out of her system. It feels like it feels super. That I mean, was sincere, sort of you know early Twitter energy. Yeah, right? it was like she's great. She's just yeah. like us. She eats snacks. <laughs> she loves us. She loves her time. best friend is Amy Schumer. All this stuff just totally, yeah, yeah. Yeah. every everything is the same. It's so bizarre to think about. But then when I like when I watch like old Weekend updates, and so many of the jokes are about like Julia Roberts leaving Kiefer Sutherland at the altar, and then the Lyle Lovett thing, and like all these weird sort of like arcs of her career, it does feel like it was that thing where she was like so much, so fast. Everyone loved her. She was everything. Then everyone was like, fuck this. Why is Julia Sugar. Roberts being right. crammed down our throats? Right. Mm-hmm. And then by the time my best friend's wedding came around, everyone was like, of course, we always loved her. Right. She has never stopped being our favorite movie star. Mm. I'm not saying it literally has to be a rom-com, but she needs to find the movie like that. Um, I agree. I don't know. I don't know. She's also so ridiculously young. Yeah, she is. Right. She's like Bradley Beal or whatever, where you're like, God, she's been around forever. It's like, nah, she's like 28. Yeah. How old is she? She's 29. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Born in 1990. 90s, baby. 
Only true 90s kids would understand. Only true 90s kids understand. (laughs) Anyway. Let's talk about Fury Road. So they go to the canyon with Mm -hmm. the bikers. What do you think of the bikers, Ben? Uh, Like the yarn guys? (laughs) Good. Exactly. The yarn guys. Yeah. Scavengers. Mm -hmm. I mean, I I like that they're sort of like no strings attached, Uh even though they do have strings attached. You know what I mean? Like they're like really out there. They're like covered in strings. Like they're covered in like rags. (laughs) No, I know. Many strings attached. (laughs) There are many strings attached. They're they're actually joy heads because they're big mops. (laughs) <laughs> when you think about it. They are. They're like anti-Pinocchios. <laughs> but like no one's holding them down. You know, they just, they uh. own the canyons. Yes, that's their deal. They're like. And they ride dirt bikes, which I love. I haven't right. ridden a dirt bike in so long. And when I watched this, it was bringing me back. Wait, dirt bike Benny hasn't even yeah, ridden a dirt bike recently? Dirt bike. No, I haven't. No. I haven't had a chance. Where am I going to do it? In Brooklyn? Sure. I guess they I could. Dirt bikes. Bike they ride like ATVs, I feel like, around, around Brooklyn. You could do it. Uh, all right. Do it. I, know, I don't know. I will. Hit the Fury Road. Yeah. <laughs> or like Prospect Park. Ben and I both Park. live on the Fury Road. <laughs> we do. <laughs> Which the 101 is Fury Road. Eastern Parkway. Um, yes. <laughs> this is when the movie introduces the notion of where they are going. Sure. Which is the green place. Yes. Mm-hmm. Um, but yes, a bit after Bring the canyon, you know, they had the confrontation with the bikers at the canyon. Yeah. Um, they blow up the canyon, but... Joe's amazing, massive car, which is cool. Isn't it we funny that stand. his name is Joe? <laughs> Joe. <laughs> yeah, and so he's like, my name's Joe. It's just not clicking for like kind of like apocalyptic dictator. I need a prefix. He gets over the war rig, and th- mm-hmm. this is when Rosie Hunting might be dies, when, yes. when, when Joe attacks him directly, yeah. and yeah. she falls out. Mm-hmm. Um, and he yeah. runs over her. And he runs over her. He she runs went under the wheels, as, as time, Max says. Right. Um, but that's when they talk about the green place right after that. Also skipping over one of my favorite bits in the movie, which is uh, skipping over anything. Max finding all the guns. Yeah, that's great. Oh yeah, which is another bit with like Looney Tunes speed and energy yeah. of just him constantly reaching to different places yeah. and adding to the pile, and every gun looks more ridiculous than the last. one. I love one. how crazy all the guns are. Yeah, I I want to go back to the Canyon Bikers for a second, just because I think that in this movie they are. I would actually rank them pretty low because they are like maybe the one thing or the one type of person in this world that feels familiar mm-hmm. to me. Mm-hmm. Like, I was just, like, comparing to, them to, like, they look like Tuscan Raiders, basically. Yep. Yeah. Like, same vibe, same energy. You do have a Tuscan Raider. And I think, like, when you are using these actual vehicles, again, working vehicles uh, that are, like, seven car- cars piled on top of each other, the spitting of the gasoline into the pipes and stuff. Like I've ne- there's no other movie that has that like it. Yeah, the thing with the bikers is mostly fun to watch her kind of like pop them out of the sky. Yeah, but yeah, they, yeah themselves, yeah. it doesn't know, feel alien. Yeah. They're not. They're I not the biggest threat either. No, yeah. um, no. she kind of just moves past. There's them. just yeah. some terrain. Like it's they're just... called the Rock Riders, according to the Mad Max wiki, which is you know kind of corny. We should talk about Joe's the entire... war party. Yes. Like yeah, war exactly. Fuck. Because <laughs> right, of course, initially he sends the war rig and some boys. Mm-hmm. But he then he has to call everybody in to come get her, mm-hmm. and that yeah, yeah. you know, the bunch whole, of fun people. The whole team. But we I should mean, talk about this. But the do for a year, I think is, I think he is like if Jaws like the score was fifty percent of why it was good. Do for right. a year at least gets twenty five percent, right? Yeah. Like without him, Mad Max doesn't win Oscars. I think that that <laughs> I agree. that is right? when you that's when the whole thing gels for me when I see that guy. Right. I'm just then I know how to watch the rest of the yeah. movie. <laughs> I also, I mean, I love the drummers too. Sure, They're great. yeah, 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 great. Right. All of it. I mean, to I me, mean, it's, it's not not good before then. It's just that when that happens, and I'm just like, 
oh, great, here I am in this movie. I didn't realize I was watching this movie, but I'm now watching this movie. Is it um, the coolest thing? It's kind of the I think it might of be all the time. Cool- I swear, yeah. in a movie that yeah. I've ever seen. I think it's, it's the coolest thing. It's one of the thing. best yeah. things that anybody the, the, ever decided the to do. It's just the best. It is one of the coolest things that I've And it's real, as you yeah. know. I was a real a Vice article. fucking guitar that could actually shoot flame. Yeah. They blindfolded Seems him. dangerous. Yeah. <laughs> yes, it does. <laughs> Especially with the blindfold. Yeah. <laughs> all, all, all fair. And he has this whole like backstory to him where he was like a blind child, so he learned music so that he could communicate with other people. Correct. And they found yes. him in a cave and then used him for their own good. Yes. Uh. Um, which rules. Uh, but I also just love that in addition to being like fucking awesome, uh, uh, brilliant world building, right. sort of like tone setting, as mm-hmm. you said, uh, it also serves such a good narrative purpose it essentially um, makes the bad guy's theme music diegetic. Mm-hmm. Right, right. Yes. So that yeah. in a movie where it's open planes and you constantly want to know, like, are the bad guys getting close? Do they have time or not? If you start to hear it in the distance. But I also like when they're blocked. This is not the do for you, but when the road is blocked and the drummers just go down to, like... Yeah, yeah. 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 They're not, like, pumped up right now, but they're still going. Yeah. Yeah, and the fact that, like, the, most of the score... I mean, it's like it's a good score, but it's pretty. I mean, the it, the textures of it and the instrumentation of it is like pretty, like normal, pretty standard. Mm-hmm. But then when you like, I think that it 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 would possibly be a jarring move to have like an electric guitar line in the middle of that. At least now, for what's like s- standard sounds in an action sure. film, uh, except for the fact that you have an actual guy a character who's playing. Yeah, the guitar. It's 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 great. It's, it's great. great. It's kind of crazy that he didn't point. get best supporting actor. It is. Should I call up the list? Yeah. <laughs> the mom like, from Joy dared? made it in. But... <laughs> I was invented. That's what he said. That was his no. best line in Joy. Thanks for inventing me, Joy. And she was like, "I'm Joy, by the way." She doesn't even say it in the movie. Here are the people who dared beat up Dufourier <laughs> okay. or Iota. Dufourier as himself. No, Iota. Oh, Iota as plays the Dufourier. Coma Dufourier. Sylvester Stallone in Creed. Mm-hmm. Mark mm-hmm. Rylance in Bridge of Spies, the man who beat him. Hack. Standing man. Uh, Christian Bale <laughs> in The Big Short. Remember that? Yeah. Played the drums. Uh, Mark Ruffalo in Spotlight. And they then look at this. Betrayal. Tom Hardy in The Revenant. Oh, right. Fucking keeping the Dufourier out. Yep. He could have maybe publicly announced he was yeah. stepping aside. Yeah. That is it's a good players right. and murmurs, though. Uh, yeah, yes. Yeah. Mm. Oh, God. I've been meaning to rewatch that movie. The Revenant? Mm-hmm. I will never watch it ever again. Yeah. I don't I'm like gonna it. I'm going to do it. I find it boring. I, I saw it early. So I was like, oh, is this thing going to rip? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And then uh, like 20 minutes in, was like, not, not. Uh, it didn't rip and rev? <laughs> and not my tempo. Not your tempo. You know what I'm saying? Um, J.K. Simmons. After all the stuff we've Fletcher, discussed. Fletcher. Drum teacher. Whiplash. Is our first night scene. <laughs> they shot those scenes in the daytime. Yeah. They just, you know. The day for night. Turn on the old bluey. That's what I love, the blue. Flip on that blue. That's just hard blue. Yeah. Uh, they get stuck in the mud. Mm-hmm. You got the whole mud scene. You see right? those walkers. 
Mm-hmm. Uh, you see the, the, still the, the weird still boys. They, they refer to boys. it. They go, I think that's a tree. Like they're yeah, not yeah, yeah. sure. Nux doesn't know. He calls it that thing over there, <laughs> yeah. and they have to. Dis- yeah. They're like, that's a tree. <laughs> He's like, yeah, whatever. <laughs> yeah. We we just gotta tie the, the rig up to thing. The, the thing. <laughs> the tree thing. He says the tree thing. Which right. Is really funny. I I. Uh, this is the green place. We later learn. Yeah. This is right. Yeah. They don't know it. Right. Yeah, because it, it looks all blue. Because it's right. the blue place. Right. Um. But th- they look like the Landstriders from uh, Dark Crystal. Uh, mm. I saw this movie the second time with a friend of the podcast, Joe Garden. And uh, his former Onion cohort, uh, Todd Hansen, a uh, great guy. And uh, when the Doof Warrior came on screen, he like literally, we were sitting in the front row of a, of the second section of an AMC where they have like the bar up. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm talking about? The railing. And he grabbed the railing and started rocking back and forth and just chanting yes at the reveal of the Doof Warrior. And then when these guys appeared. The Stilty Boys. The Stilty Boys. He just went. I want to know everything about them. <laughs> that's the that's the mark that's of the a feel. good exactly. yeah. movie. That's right. the NG's feeling. That's he, the right. like tell me everything about that. Yeah, guy. he just turned to me and said, "Who are they? Yeah. I want to know everything about yeah. them." And Do it they was, know each other? It was such an infectious feeling. Are they friends or are they just out there on a yeah. run? They, and they just called, ran into each other. Uh Crow fishermen. Oh, of uh, course they are. According to Wikipedia. Of Love it. Of course they are. Do they like fish irradiated crows out yeah, of the Yeah, I think they go around the bogs and like wow. get shit out of the bogs. Cool. Because it's like the green place just turned into like a bog, <sighs> which is why you get stuck, I guess. Oh, man. I love a bog. I'm a boggy boy. Who does? Bogs are cool. Yeah. Bogs are cool. You ever see the petrified people out oh, of bogs? Yeah. This is like one of the early creepy things that I was into as a kid because my mom had a book of them. Uh, it was a book about bog people called The Bog People, and it was by somebody named P.V. Glob. What? <laughs> Glob's bog people? What? Wow. She also Here had a blog. Here it is. Wow. P.V. Glob, yep. a Danish archaeologist. Yep. Wow. Here I he is. Here's that. a picture of him in a bog. Wait, I want to see <laughs> <laughs> Chilling in a bog. Uh, what a bog boy. Uh, bog. He is a bog boy. Glob, I mean. <laughs> right? He would investigate like the Tulland man yeah, or whatever. The right? man. All, all the creepy bog people. What do we think of Max walking off screen? Well, there's also the stuff with the bullet farmer where they shoot him and he's blind. And the beautiful moment where Max is trying to take the shots and she's trying to, Furious is trying to note him and he's not listening. And she comes over his shoulder and he just like closes his eyes and hands the gun back to her mm-hmm. and uses him as a rest for the gun. Yes, which is great. It's yes. just the moment where he goes like, I get right. it. This, this isn't my movie. movie. Yeah. Yeah. I'm um, fully seeding control of this movie to I you. also just love the bullet farmer, them holding the flare up to his eyes and him being like, I can't see it. I don't see it. Uh, yeah. Um, this but, is Tin Nose? No, that's the people eater. Oh, right. That's of course, the, of course, the, the of big course. boy. Yeah. Oh, Tin Tin Nose is the the people. people But the guy who comes for them in the night is the bullet farmer. Is the bullet farmer. He's the one who says, I am the scales of justice. Which is a great line. Yeah. Mm. And show me the lie. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Maybe he is. (laughs) Um, I I like the bullet farmer a lot. That's me, also. (laughs) Hit me. I'm a Libra. Scales. Scales. (laughs) Matt Max walks off screen, Mm -hmm. comes back covered in blood, washes himself with breast milk. Yeah. Uh, and they go, are you hurt? And she goes, it's not, it's his, not blood. his blood. No further comment. Done. Yeah. Takes a little milk bag. Very cool. Um, 
And then, how and then after they, that, we meet the Vuvalade. There's, there's, there's a key yeah, going, yeah, yeah. and yeah. that's the when they meet the Vuvalade. There's another fade to black, Vuvalade. Yeah, yeah. They, well, there's, there's a, a time lot jump. of fade to blacks. I was yes. saying that, there's, like, Yeah, we were saying yeah, that so many fades. Yeah, and it's like, I think it's good for the nonstop nature of the uh, the movie, but also, like, it kind of gives it a sort of almost comforting, like, TV movie feel yeah. or something. Or I'm like, oh, like, it's a commercial break, but... But not in a way like it feels cheap. It just feels like I don't know. It feels comfy. Yeah, no, it feels like uh, like watching a TV show on DVD. It has these nice little reset moments. Mm-hmm. Yeah, mm-hmm. you need you desperately need those. You need them in this, in this movie. Um, so they uh, arrive to uh, Meg and Gale on a you know yeah. Valkyrie. Yeah, just yes. on a platform, sliding down a rope, naked. Slides down. That's true. Badge first. Um, but it's a trap. Sure. That they but... that they identify. They yeah. don't fall for it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yes. Uh, right. That's when Max is like, that's bait. That's when he does that's that. Right. Yeah. Right. Um, I also didn't shout out, but that great moment before Rosie Hunting Lightly dies when he checks on her and she's fine and he gives her the little thumbs oh, up. Oh, yeah. The oh. thumbs up is, is great. so good. Yeah. yeah. He's such a good physical actor. He really is. Um, green place, no good. Right. She thinks... Oh, now we're close to the green place. Mm-hmm. And they're like, uh, first of all, uh, you passed it. Yeah. Uh, Second of all, our fa- new plan, yeah. right across this like salt land yeah. forever. Yeah. A yeah. yeah. lot, of, lot of positives. Again, Twitter. Big yes. upside. Yeah. <laughs> what if we just did this forever? I'm, I'm going <laughs> to win this argument. Be something. Yeah. If yeah. I keep on replying, I will eventually win this argument yeah. definitively, and no one will be able to quote me. The thing yeah. that's great about me or dunk on me is. If you need salt, it's right there. Yeah. All the yeah. salt. You could never run out of salt. Yeah. And also not bumpy. Flat. <laughs> also Probably a little bumpy. Also, <laughs> unlike flat. a bog, pretty dry. Pretty dry, Ben. It's cool. Dry stuff. You should get really into salt. I love salt. Curing you should things. cure the genes in salt. Oh, I've like thinking salty about this. Genes. I was thinking about sea genes. Doing a dry... Well, yeah, you suggest... <laughs> You, I tried to get. You remember, I was asking you if I could use your dock. Yeah, I remember that. If for, it's not my dock. I have no ownership over it. But whatever. It's not like anyone's gonna know. I just need a, a rope and a couple of jeans, and I was gonna put them in the water and then take them out, and they'd I be know, all crystallized. I know Emily, who has? Can a you imagine salty jeans that has I can, water? Actually. I just, you know, I've, I've jumped into the ocean in jeans before, but for yeah. a long time, so it's really built yeah. up. How long and you stay got, down there? And it's got barnacles on. <laughs> and there's lobsters that been pinching at it. You don't see the lobsters, <laughs> but you know the, they've been pinching. It's all the oh, little pinches. Uh, two things I want to say for the listener at home. Uh, ben mimed out uh, pinching at the jeans. <laughs> he did an adorable little claw pinch motion. Uh-huh. Uh, secondly, David's face went bright red when Ben implied he owned a dock. <laughs> I do not own a dock. Uh, so I, I now want to start this rumor that David, <laughs> David owns, a, owns dock. a dock. He's ashamed of it. Just want to make it clear. Real though, estate mogul. I'm fine with this bit. We should make a bit. That, but Not that I own property, just a dock. Just a dock. <laughs> I think that's You're funny. buying docks left and right. What do you think you're using the Patreon money for? Docks. <laughs> You kept saying invest in docs to Griffin and I. We're like, I all right, David. I mean, everyone needs yeah. a port in a storm. Wow. Wow. That sound. But I, I will say that I know that someone. That really shut him up. Who, <laughs> I just want to make it clear to listeners that I know someone yeah. who does have, they don't even own it, but their parents have a property that's on the water. And Ben, knowing this, asked me if he could, and in all seriousness, yeah. if he could hang jeans off the dock for, I don't know, six to 12 months. 
<laughs> you know, to make some quote unquote sea jeans. Reasonable request. <laughs> and I was like, one, no. Two, I don't think they'd like that. Like, imagine looking what, at every jeans? day. It's like, they would love it. What's the, oh, right. The jeans. They would smell <laughs> so. Bad. Three. I don't think the jeans would make it. That's so my clear. I don't bad. think they wouldn't. They wouldn't come. Now close. you could put them in a salt bath, uh-huh. or like, like, or maybe with some herbs and pickle them for and and like the, herby the, jeans, <laughs> herby pickled jeans, saged jeans, and that would. I think that would actually be kind of cool. And immersing stuff in salt does make it softer. The ocean aspect of it, like the plankton, it's all the little dead things yeah. that yeah. are going to be in it, is going to be really gross. Freezes in the winter. Yeah. You know. right. I, I would advise against it. I'm going to rethink the concept, but I think you've made a lot of I'm good so points. I'm so glad, because I had forgotten he did that, that yeah. that all got discussed on the podcast. <laughs> I just want to underline all this again, because people ask me all the time, how much of the Ben thing is a bit? <laughs> <laughs> to which I always go, look, he knows he's funny, but also- right. He is truly doing all of these things. He will talk about it seriously for an hour and a half. And also, this kind of shit happens off mic. 100%. Yes, yes, yeah. 100%. I had to have an extended conversation with Ben about how he couldn't make CGs. These are real serious conversations that happen away from right, any audience. Right. There was no, no, no one was capturing this. No. This was not around other people. Maybe Griffin, but that's it. Uh, but Ben was basically like, can you work that request up the chain? And I'm like, I'm telling you what that the request chain? is stopping here. It's stopping right here. <laughs> this is the end up of the request. the chain. <laughs> He's anyway. our beautiful boy. So oh Max Perfect like, in every way. <laughs> exactly. Max is like, rather than go across the salt flat, I love that he says this. He has a suggestion. He suggests it. Yeah. He says, I suggest yeah. that we go yeah. back to the Citadel. It's undefended. They're all still chasing after us. We take it from, you know, we take about take the power back. The narrative audacity of this movie to say, hey, you know how this movie has been so far for half of its runtime going in one direction? <laughs> what if we just stop here? And then it went back. And there's Perfect even term. a conversation where they're like, should we go around? He's like, no, no, no. No, I think we should go right back. Yeah. 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 We should yeah. go through the canyon again. Yeah. yeah. It's the great. They cleared it. point turn back in the opposite direction. Right. Yeah. It is very cute that he says, I suggest. It's a nice. I know. Because at that point, he's surrounded by all the Vuvulini right. and who the wives. Some old and women who are like, we've been doing this yeah. shit. Yeah. And like men basically ruined the world. Right. And we don't trust you. Like he has to be vouched for, basically. Yeah, Furious just... has been, he's fine. Yeah, yeah he's fine. okay. Whatever. This is another moment that's been We have mummified. the muscles still in the back if you need. <laughs> right, right. <laughs> Furiosa falling to her knees. Mm-hmm. Uh, oh, yeah. Dropping yeah. her arm. Big shot. Um, I mean, you, it makes sense why uh, these images and these memes are uh, circulated so frequently on the internet because this movie feels like the internet. And when these types of things happen, the only way you can think of expressing yourself is with images from this film. Well, and and the most, I feel like the most used GIF is the what is it, indiscriminate men screaming yeah, or whatever, yeah, right. <laughs> like yeah. while she's yes. um, while she's driving, <laughs> like that is the most commonly used one. Which again, most sense on Twitter. Yeah. Like, <laughs> yes. So then they go back. They have another amazing action sequence. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's when the pole cats are introduced, uh, yes. mm-hmm. swinging left and right. Yeah, I said this to Emily when we were watching it, but like it is crazy how like circusy and corny so yeah. much of the action is. Like them like swinging around yeah. and grabbing yeah. each other, and like you're, it never feels that way. Yeah, 
Oh, you're like, yeah. yeah, this is awesome. This is like so hardcore. Yeah. But like, actually, it really is just like so acrobatic and yeah. like. Oh, and if you held on to any of those shots for longer than a quarter of a second, right, which they don't, it would be you know laid yeah. bare as such. But right. the way that that magic of editing. Also, I I, for, I forgot in Margaret the first in the first run out. Um, they're doing a lot of the the spears, the like explosive Yes, love spears. those, love those spears. I love it because it just looks like they're throwing fireballs. <laughs> like it's just and like with the two arms, like we're like. The guy that's the first that's the first witness. Me guys, the guy who's like, yeah, yeah, it's great, it's great, 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 great stuff. That is a place where he really amplifies this movie from the three previous, though. Yes, is that um, the action choreography is just out of control? Right, because I mean, Thunderdome obviously has a lot of fighting Mm -hmm. and the other ones are more vehicle based Mm -hmm. but this one has sort of like the acrobatics Mm -hmm. yes the crazy like stunts of the jumping Mm -hmm. and the swinging and all of that there's that whole extended sequence in the final battle where like max keeps jumping from vehicle to vehicle like he's with the people eater Mm -hmm. kills that guy or you know or maybe uses him as a shield and he gets shot puts his foot on the gas his big fat foot Mm. and then like jumps from that car to another car but then he gets snatched by a polecat it's (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> oh boy I love that Furiosa's cool gas pedal is like a foot sizer oh yeah you yeah, know yeah, that yeah, thing yeah, that yeah. she can jam down yeah. that rules yeah very cool I also love that I the... like um, Nux's little uh, bird sure what wiggles is there a theory that this takes place not in our future but like an alternate timeline that is maybe like the present day like Mad Max 1 is Mad Max 1 <clears throat> Like yeah, the world disintegrating from the seventies on something like sure. that because all the cars that are there's not right. like current day cars that are used, right? No, but um, they do worship the V eight engine, which oh, is Max's yeah. engine. Yeah, but like so, which more which follows your thing is basically like yeah. if you take Mad Max one is happening like right around they say the near future, the near future. It's so yeah. like maybe about five years. The old later. ladies are supposed to. I always take it as have lived in a, a world we remember. Mm-hmm. You know, it's not like this is yeah. set like. 500 years into right. the No, right, well, right. can I can I throw out a counterpoint? Okay. Because you've now reset with Tom Hardy, a younger actor. Sure. The amount of time that has passed in our world between Thunderdome and this has not passed within sure. these like two films. It's been a few years rather than 25 or whatever. Right. Yeah. So if the first Mad Max takes place in the near future. Right. In 1980. Uh-huh. Right? Then this movie might take place in like 2002. Hey. In like an alternate timeline, 2002. Yeah. So, should I look? Chicago was the best picture winner that year. Should I get into those nominations? <laughs> yes. Is that Must who the Do Fourier was? Must okay, have. okay. I, I detail, I just, because this movie is so dense that every time I rewatch it, I find other things I hadn't picked up on or mm. connections or communications or things. Um, it's an obvious one, but it just never really uh, uh, stood out to me. That Furiosa has the skeleton arm on her driver's side door, mm-hmm. so that when she's driving the car, it looks like she still yeah. has. Yeah. it's great. A bone in her arm, mm-hmm. whereas in it, fact, it's painted on you a rubbed yes. arm. Yeah. Yes, mm-hmm. her rubbed arm is, by the way, very cool. Uh, cool, and I like it. Very yeah. good. Um, but the final sequence that we're talking about with the polecats and such, mm-hmm. the death of um, Immortan Joe, he dies before Rictus Erectus. In Which, classic Mad Max faction, all of the, the ultimate the, baddie, the ultimate baddie dies kind of second in the to middle last. of it all, yeah. right? Yeah, right. Uh, his death is pretty great, though. Yeah, and Furious is like, remember me, mm-hmm. rips off his face. It's cool. Yeah, um, but. Uh, uh, you've also got Nux's big sacrifice, which is my favorite moment in the movie. It's my whole thing. Oh yeah. 
of it's my same argument that I'll make for any big world building movie where like at the beginning <laughs> of this thing, you knew none of this language and none of these rules. Yeah. yeah. And by the end, Nux is saying, witness me. And you're like crying. Cause you're like, I'm going to witness. Yeah. He's going to go about hell. Like, you know, yeah, like the, yeah, yeah. you're fully inducted into all this. It's, it's everything I love about movies yep. that you can enter into something with nothing. Yeah. And within two hours be speaking, as you said, an entirely different language. Yeah. I love it. They've communicated things to you visually and verbally that suddenly are imbued with so much fucking deep meaning and have no relation to the world as you know it. And then uh, Max saves Furiosa by giving her his blood and, you know, voluntarily. That's the line. Yeah. Go on. I'm so sorry. (laughs) It's also when he's like, I'm I'm, I'm Max. Yeah. Yeah. I'm Max. That's that's my favorite reading. It's so, he so, like, doesn't want to say it. No actor would do that. And he throws away and he's just like, Max, name is Max. But he's like delivering it with an energy I of like it. a boy who is too nervous to ask a girl out at a middle school yeah. dance. Furious is pretty cool. Yeah. Yeah. But I I love this was this yes. was the big revolution of this movie when it came out and I, it doesn't even feel that revelatory anymore because I think a lot of stuff has kind of followed suit although I'm now trying to think of like specific examples but it feels less out like it felt very iconoclastic in that you have these this Two very good-looking people mm. as the leads of an action mm-hmm. movie, and they're just friends. Yeah, they are just pals. They're pals. No kissing. They help each other, and then he goes. Yeah, he doesn't like go up there to be the king with her, you know, to her no. queen yeah. or whatever. He's uh, like, Ugh. I, I would argue that not enough movies have followed suit. I yeah. wish more did. It's a thing yeah. I always love to see. Right. And I, I would argue um, the kissing is good, and everyone should kiss. I think. Yeah. I mean, this is actually. But they don't have toothpaste anymore. I know. The, I mean, the kisses here. Woof. Pretty gross. Yeah. Yeah. Not Sorry, good. go ahead, Emily. No, but I think I think that like the 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 debate of of kiss 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 versus don't kiss in Hollywood <laughs> is like an I just int- like imagining like two people on either side of yeah. like, their arms yes, folded. Kiss, kiss. No, no, <laughs> the other no. guys are like <laughs> the other guys are like, <laughs> I, mean, I feel like this is the David's podcast. doing great physical comedy that none of you can say. Shut up. Um <laughs> But I feel like I feel like in 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 the, in the short time that I've done Hollywood, I feel like this is a thing that is discussed a lot. Yeah, which is just like, do we need that? And I actually think in a lot of cases, like, I think that I think that people argue for kiss 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 without actually like like building something that you actually care about when people kiss. I so think that's the problem with that. That's the crux I don't of think <laughs> Max and Furiosa should kiss. No, to be clear, like okay. it, it would be a little. Odd, honestly. I, yeah. I, there's nothing in this movie that suggests they're going to do that. You think Nux and Capable should kiss? Fucking hell oh, yeah. very cute, yeah. both of them. Yeah, very cute. Cute but little guys. I'm just guys. generally saying that kissing, as long as everybody wants to do it, yeah. is good. And people should do sure. it. Yeah. And if hot people want to do it, and they're both interested, and, and they want to show allowed, us And I'm allowed kissing. to see that? Yeah. They want to show kissing to you. They want to show me the kissing? David wants to see it. <laughs> so They want to show kissing to me. Miller's been There's not enough kissing in movies, really. No. Honestly, though, she but came no. around to my side. I mean, one of the the earliest films, the kiss, the kiss. It's true. Guy with a gross mustache kisses his wife, and it set a oh, template. Yeah. You went, "This is going to be one of the main genres." Yeah. You have action, you have train thriller, and kissing, people right. leaving factory, <laughs> gross mustache. <laughs> it kiss. is funny to think that right. They're like. We got a great movie. It's a romance. It's called The Kiss. What's in it? They kiss. And then someone else is like, I want to do something along those lines, but should they like talk before they kiss maybe? And thus like a genre yes. is born. Yeah. Um, uh, it is a thing. Miller, I mean, as we said, 
uh, at one point thought this was going to be two movies shot back to back. Yes. Then it was like, maybe it's three, but I'm going to make them one at a time. Uh, he has been stuck in some protracted legal battle with Warner Brothers over the profits of this film. Yes. Which has halted making another one, which he claims he wants to do. He always said, I want to do something in between, but then come back to Mad Max. He is uh, hopefully by the time this episode comes out in production, he's supposed to be in production this spring on his new movie, his uh, genie romance starring mm-hmm. Idris Elba and Tilda Swinton. Yeah. Uh, Rub that bottle. AKA my shit. Exactly. Um, but but the end of this movie, I think, is so beautiful and so poetic and, and uh, almost makes me cry every time I see it. And watching it this time, it made me realize as much as I want to stay in the Mad Max world, um, doing any sort of follow up to this will ruin it a little bit. Because the beauty of this ending to me is uh, the brides all being up on the platform, mm-hmm. rising up, her recognizing suddenly that Max is not there. Yeah looking into the crowd, seeing him, mm-hmm. Tom Hardy as only he can, acting like he is embarrassed to be on camera, mm-hmm. <laughs> sort of giving her like the knowing nod and then kind of like shrugging it off, like I'm gonna yeah. head out of here. Yeah. This isn't my movie, this is your moment. I don't belong here, I don't get a happy ending. Yeah. I'm Max, I'm doomed to be doing this fucking forever. Mm-hmm. I'm on to whatever the next thing is. And then they literally just rise mm-hmm. out of frame. Correct. I mean, you go to black with them rising up into the Yeah, isn't the it the platform the cutting off her yes. face as she's looking back? Yeah, yeah which is Great. so fucking uh, beautiful. Mm-hmm. Um, but if the next movie starts and it is Furiosa or it's Max, then you immediately rob a little power from, oh, these two people what had this it... moment and they went their separate ways and they're leaving the movie. What if it was a prequel? Well, it could be. That'd be cool. I'm down do for anything. A Furiosa prequel that's without yeah. Tom Hardy. He should he should do whatever the fuck he wants. He should do whatever the fuck he wants. He made this. It's all good. Box office game, guys. May 15th, 2015. Mad Max Fury Road. We number all two. know it. Opened number two. Number one. $45 million. Dollars. Uh, is that one directed by Elizabeth Banks? That's the Banks. That's the time they took it to the Banks, literally and figuratively. They sure did. It's also one of those like Austin Powers-esque movies that made the more than the original movie made in its opening weekend. Right. That's like, my favorite set. I think they're yeah. the only two. Yeah. Crazy. So Pitch Perfect 2, of course, was dominating the combo, $69 million. Mad Max comes in with so 45. Yeah. It's just so funny to think that it's like Mad Max, like Fury yeah. Road. We're like, yeah, of course, that must have been number one. No, Pitch yeah. Perfect 2. Of course, it had to be. Yeah. Number three at the box office, tell me. Number three at the box office. Yeah, it's made $372 million in Furious three weeks. Seven. No, that's number five. <sighs> Wait, what was that? Furious 7. Furious 7 is- So much fury. So much fury. This was such a good year for me and my fear of Cars. Was Cars 3 also this year? No, that was 2016. Okay. Number three at the box office. It's made 317. 72. 72. In three weeks. In three- What kind of a movie makes that? It's a a Disney film? Sure. It's not Beauty and the Beast, is it? No. But is it a live action Disney remake? No. 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 But it is- Just think the simplest- What are the movies that make the most- Zootopia? It's Avengers Age of Ultron. Oh, of course. Oh, my God. Oh, God. If only Ultron had sang a song about how he was the beast. I know. The fourth highest grossing film at the box office this week uh-huh. was about two ladies going on a road trip. Is it Hot Pursuit? It's Hot Pursuit, Which my we friend. 
told we'll everyone we were going to see. Number five was uh, Furious 7. Okay. And now our miniseries is to come to a close. So wow. we're definitely going to have to do a bonus episode. Yeah, we're doing a bonus episode. we're not episode. even done with fucking Miller yet. No, we're doing a bonus episode. The bonus episode is his segment from the Twilight Zone movie. Yeah, that, right. Yeah. But what a m- masterpiece. What a lovely film. I uh, can't believe it exists. It blows day. my mind. Will, will we ever see something like this again? It's such a perfect storm of elements in terms of it uh, being the right person, going back to a well, but trying to, uh, as you said, Emily, evolve it. Thanks, George. Thank you, Make George. Make another one, you weirdo. It's good to see Emily. Thanks. Emily. Been so great, to, great to be back. Yeah. Great it's to be back great. in the box. So happy to be back for this movie. Uh, it's been a very long episode. Let's watch be TV done. Showgun on FX. It's sometime in the next five years. Yeah. Sometime in the next five years. <laughs> That's right. Uh, listen to Nightcall. Listen, listen to, to Nightcall. Night Emily, thank you for coming back. Thank you for having me. Love you, Emily. And thank you all for listening. Please remember to rate, review, subscribe. Go to patreon.com backslash blank. Go to patreon.com backslash blank check. Backslash blank check is hard to say. I've just realized. Should have figured that out sooner. www.patreon.com. Okay, I'm sorry. That's a joke. But here's the serious thing. HTTP colon. Go to patreon.com slash blank check. And as always. Almost a cleaning. <laughs>